Hello guys, Jonathan here from Arcade Repair Tips. We would just like to take a moment and thank you for listening to the audio replay of the live show here on the podcast feed. We'd also like to remind you to join our live show on the first Thursday night of every month at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. It's always a great time and we enjoy interacting with people just like you in our live chat. So be sure to make plans to be there for the next one. Remember also that we have an after show that takes place immediately after the live show. And if you'd like to listen to the audio from that, you will need to check it out on our YouTube page, which can be found at youtube.arcaderepairtips.com. So let us continue on with a short word from our sponsor, and then we'll get to the episode. Broadcasting from their world headquarters in Texas, it's the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show. The show that discusses arcade repair, restoration, news, and more. Now, here are your hosts, Tim and Jonathan. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 72 of the Arcade Repair Tips Live Show for February 2023. My name is Jonathan Leung. I'm the producer, director, and editor here at the Arcade Repair Tips video series. And joining me today as always is Mr. Arcade Repair Tips himself, Tim Peterson. Tim, how you doing? I'm doing good, John. Just glad that uh, you have power and cable today. Right, so right. if you saw the, the little uh, post that we just posted here for the live show, you might you know might have saw, seen the post that said that our internet is up. Yes, the internet is up here so we had a big uh, winter storm come through our area that knocked down a ton of trees and i was without internet for about 30 hours tim wow uh, and i just got it back this morning about 5 a.m so um we once we had that i was good to go we weren't for sure if we were going to be able to do a live show tonight but luckily we are here and tim as long as the internet holds up we will continue to broadcast so right. <laughs> um good news is that if for some reason you know, it dies on us during the middle of the broadcast. We we'll do record, record it. it. So <laughs> we will put it up afterwards. So hopefully, though, it'll hang on at least for the live show and get us through that part and hopefully the after show, too. Right. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, it's been quite a week mm. around here in Texas. We've had storms come through that have pretty much I it created a big sheet of ice, especially in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're pretty close to that. And it was uh, rough going out there. And, Tim, you travel a lot for your job. Did you have any issues with that? Well, this I kind of had to rearrange my schedule a little bit because any Anything that, uh, if you know where we live, I-20 kind of runs straight. Anything above I-20 was frozen. Anything below was just getting rain or some freezing rain, but it wasn't as cold. So I kind of had to stick uh, the last couple of visits under the freezing line. And it's been fine, except for it's actually rained for like 30-something hours, too. So the roads are still slick and stuff, but I'm just glad that we kind of got through that. I think we got a sunny day tomorrow coming uh, we haven't seen the sun here for a few days, and uh, you guys know that if you watch the show that in Texas, we just don't handle the snow and sleet and everything. You know, I was in Chicago just a week ago, and it was snowing, no big deal. But here, uh, we get a little sleet and ice, it is a big deal, and uh, so thankful that we're back up and going. Hope that you guys are staying warm, because I know if that came through here, it probably pushed its way uh, into up north and probably turned into a lot colder and a lot more damage, so... I uh, hope you guys are staying warm and where you are, and uh, so glad that y'all joined us today. Then we made it. Yeah, and fortunately, Tim, it wasn't as bad as Snowmageddon back in 21, <laughs> right? which obviously took the whole state down with it, and we were down there for a while. <coughs> uh, but we are glad to be back up and running tonight with power. Now, a lot of people in our area do not have power and do not have 
uh, other things. My brother, I think, is still out without power. Maybe wow. I think I think they um, they were as of last night. I don't know if they got it back today. So hopefully, hopefully it'll come back on soon for all those who uh, don't have it. If you're watching this on your cell phone and you've got your last bit of battery life down there, <laughs> right. then be careful. And uh, hopefully you'll get your electricity back soon. And uh, I would tell you that if anybody out there is that your job, if you're a line worker and you provide electricity, man, kudos to you. That is a hard job. I definitely wouldn't want that job. But, you know, I saw a lot of people buying on meals and, and and saying thank you. I know you guys are working really hard. So if that's your line of work, good God bless you. That's a tough job, right? Absolutely. I've got at least two friends in that I know how to do that, and wow. it is tough. So, uh, yeah, definitely want to thank all the linemen out there for getting us up. So, right. <laughs> good, good job, guys. Well, we hope that we find you good this month. It is February. Tim is Groundhog Day. And for those of you guys who have not seen the news, Punxsutawney Phil did see his shadow today. So, six yeah. more we weeks of winter. So, um, or in Texas, what we like to call early spring anyway. So, um, that is the way it will go here. But hopefully, wherever you are, it is nice and pleasant. And uh, you're having a good time. We do want to remind you that as you watch this, if you're watching this live, you can interact us with uh, interact with us in the live chat. We do have our live chat, Tim. We already have quite a few um, comments and questions and things to get okay. to. Um, and so we will get to those in time. But just a reminder that you can leave those there. If you're watching this after the fact, we would encourage you to send a comment down below as well. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, there's a comment section down below. So even if you missed, the, missed it when we actually did it live, you can always comment there. And we'll try to get to those comments on the next episode. Well, Tim, uh, before we move on to the outline, let's go ahead and get to the live chat. YouTube Punk says, howdy, everyone. Uh, Jumping General has a question, so I'm going to come okay. back to that real quick. Uh, Real Hammer Billy Lee says it's the first Thursday of the month, and you know what that means. Yeah, yeah, there you the go. Time. Thank that's you, right. Um, Joe Holt says, "Oh, that's re replying to Jumping General." We'll get to that in a second. Uh, Big D Retro, hello guys, welcome back. Thanks for the voltmeter. Oh, so Big D Retro got the voltmeter. Okay. Last month we had a giveaway for a multimeter, if you guys remember, and apparently um, Big D Retro got that. So congratulations. We do actually ship the stuff we give away. <laughs> right? Imagine that. So uh, we will be giving something away here in a little bit, Tim. It is not tool-related per se, yeah. per se. But I think it's a really cool, a unique gift tonight. Okay, unique, unique prize. Yeah, unique, unique contest. prize. There you go. So stay tuned for that. We'll announce <coughs> that here in a bit. Mr. Dwayne's here, Tim. He says, what's going on, guys? Uh, Paul is here. He says, hello, everyone. And, oh, hey, Paul. Yeah, Joe is here. Next arcade live show over ham radio. We may have to do that <laughs> depending on how the internet holds up. But... Like we said, we're hoping for good things tonight. Hopefully, the internet will hold up for us throughout the show, and we'll be able to enjoy it live with you instead of recording it, Tim. Right. As you guys know, we have done some not-so-live shows, as I like to call <laughs> them. Uh, we have done those in the past, but we enjoy it more when you guys are here with well, us. This is episode 72. Right. Out, of, out of 72, there's only been a couple. Yeah, that's true. That's we, pretty, I mean, most, not bad. Most of Our them we were able to actually good. broadcast through, so that just goes to show you. I think we have a pretty good track record. So I wouldn't say, I don't know if it's 99% uptime, but maybe like 95%. Yeah. There you go. So, okay, Tim. Well, let's get to this question here from Jumping General real quick. Um, hey, guys. Are most power supply brands created equal? I've picked up a Moonwalker cabinet fully working. The power supply looks original. Should I go and replace it or leave it alone? So, Tim, I'm going to throw this to you. Well, I would say overall, if they're new power supplies, they're pretty good. Mm -hmm. But if you're on the honest truth, yes, there are. There's... Uh, you know, there's Adidas brand, there's Nike brand, there's a Ford brand, Chevy brand. So some people have some um, preferences just because they had better luck. Uh, having said that, if you do a little bit of internet research, you'll see the name Peter Chow come up a lot. And we tend to like them power supplies too because we've had a lot of good experiences that they're still working after a lot of years and stuff. 
but it kind of depends, you know, on you and what what you're running. You know, uh, some are ATX style, ATX style, and some are linear style. So, you know, I kind of go more for convenience. Like I like the half ones that actually you don't even have to get out a meter. It has the indicator light that shows when it's close to five or twelve volts. That's just a preference. Uh, so, you know, most of them I haven't really. We really haven't had too many just bad ones. Maybe maybe one run or something we got one time. They were just kind of cheap. I don't know where they come from. I think they all probably come from the same place. We know that that place that uh, we don't always mention, but <laughs> yeah, all of our electronics come from there. Uh, but at the same time, is it Peter Chow? Is there, are they Korean made or something? But anyway, um, it's kind of a personal preference. But most I've had most luck. What about you, John? Well, I think he's really asking if he should go ahead and replace it or leave it alone. And my thought oh, is that okay. if, if the voltage is good, right. leave it alone. We always say if it's not broke, why fix it? Exactly. If it's working, get the most use out of it as you can. It's like a TV, you know. If, if you get a good picture and watch the game, then it's fine. But once it goes out, just replace it, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, in this particular case, <coughs> and, and with a Moonwalker, I'd imagine, Tim, this is a standard switching power supply. Probably nothing just probably nothing that's really special. And so once it goes out, you should be able to get one from any of our parts re- uh, retailers that we recommend, Tim. Uh, Holland Computers has their own Retro Arcade US style one that's really good. We've um, always had good luck with it. Yeah, exactly. We've we've used that. Who knows how many projects had good luck with that. Hap ones are obviously great. Um, I mean, you really can't go wrong. Most of the switching power supplies that you get are going to be relatively inexpensive and they're going to run really well. So, um, But that said, don't replace it unless it goes out. I think that would be my thought. And Joe, I think, agrees with that, Tim. He says, I'd leave the Moonwalker alone. When the power supply dies, replace it. So there yeah. you go. So I, I, think- I misunderstood the question, but... When it comes to replacing it, there, you know, I just wait to that point because it's most of the time, it's just going to go out. It's not really going to hurt your board and all this stuff. It'll just die. Mm-hmm. It just won't have enough power to power it. So at that point, then you can replace it. And who knows, you may get another five, ten years out of it. I've seen we've got some that are over thirty years old. The hell, they still fire up and play. So you know, we got some original power supplies in many of our games. Yeah. Um, but, you know, unless I'm building a game br- brand new, I hardly ever put a new one in there until they go out. Yeah, so exactly. So I think I think with that said, Jumping General, that's going to be the way to go. So just leave it, let it be until until it goes out, and then you can get a replacement for it. Uh, let's see what else we had here. Uh, Jason Steverson says, live and now in high definition. Yeah, well, 720p, <laughs> which used to be high definition. Now, Tim, it's not high definition anymore. I they, don't know, They've yeah. changed what high definition is on us. Right. Golly. But, um, <laughs> I mean, we, we tried to do 1080p, but I don't know if my connection can can hold it. So um, that's why we just kept with the 720p. Maybe at some point we'll we'll upgrade and stuff like that. But, I mean, I think the 720p is good enough for most things. Right. The older um, I get, the lower the definition, the better off it is for you, usually. <laughs> that's where right? you go. Um, Hayesville Arcade says, hey, guys. And uh, let's see. Jason says, replace every 40-year-old Big Blue, though. <laughs> so there Agreed. You go. Absolutely. So, Okay, guys. Well, I think we're caught up on the live chat, Tim. So let us go ahead and move to the outline. And, Tim, we have quite a few uh, questions. Now, you'll notice the title here down below. It says, punch out the golden Pac-Man paddle. Okay. Uh, this is a conglomeration of questions about games that we have tonight and so you guys can kind of figure out how it goes from there uh where each one slots into this little title so there you go so let us begin with the first question here tim and this one is from peanut butter rhino 5 okay okay peanut butter rhino 5 and he says i have a retro full-size pac-man machine now he, he indicates 2016 model tim okay okay which is set to free play we would like to change it back to coin op can you help 
So Tim, this seems like a pretty simple issue. Now it's a 2016 Pac-Man machine, which may make a bit of difference, right? Right. So uh, what do you think? Can Peanut Butter Rhino 5 change their their uh, Pac-Man machine to coin play? Well, most of them that are the newer ones, they just kind of put the coin door on there for looks. Sure. Um, I'm not sure. It kind of depends on if it's an arcade one-up uh, type or is it uh, more made for a consumer, you know, or is it more made f for a business? Like commercial. Like a commercial one, yeah. I couldn't think of the word. Thank you, Jonathan. So even though they feature a coin door on the front, a lot of times just for looks. Now, can you make that coin door work? It's possible, but you might need a few other things. Maybe more trouble than it's worth. I don't know. So maybe, uh, I would say at this point, you're going to have to send us a picture of the game, and maybe we can help you a little bit further there. I know that uh, that you can make, because they put the card swipe readers on the RK 1-Ups, that all they do is receive a signal and then allow it to play. Um, you could hook up the button, the coin to the start button, so that once you coined it up, that would actually start it instead of if you just kind of wanted that feel. So you could put that wire up your start button there. So what would happen is when the trigger from the coin going down and triggering it would actually hit the start button. So it would kind of feel like you're hitting, uh, you're doing a coin up game but in a, in a way you're not still on free play it just but it wouldn't start until you did that that might kind of give you that retro feel i know for a fact that um i'm kind of one of those guys that doesn't bother me that much but i know some that are really they really love the fact that just dropping the coins in there really gives them that nostalgic feel so a lot of it kind of depends on exactly which game you have but the fact you got a 2016 model probably leads me to believe it's probably just a fake door what do you think john i think like you said a lot of it depends on the game if the game was initially made for commercial use then you should have a coin door with coin mechs in there but when you open up that coin door that's what we need to know are there coin mechs in the game are there coin switches in the game right because if those are missing more than likely you will not be able to coin it up in the traditional sense you'll have to do like what tim is talking about with the rigging and the start button and that kind of yeah thing. we can kind of go into a little bit deeper but if you have the stuff in there, then it probably is just a dip switch or something like that. We could probably help you. But um, this would be one of those, guys, when you tell you a lot of times when you send in uh, a question, a picture would have been worth a thousand words on this one, especially. But hopefully that'll at least get you started on what knowing what to do or how you can move forward with us. Sounds good. So, Tim, let me go ahead and put up the outline here. Um, from your description here, Peanut Butter Rhino 5, it sounds like your cabinet is one of the newer style Pac-Man games. Maybe a Pac-Man Pac-Man's Arcade Party or a Pac-Man <coughs> Pixel Bash, Tim. If this is the case, these these games in particular were not made for coin play. Okay, they even though they feature a coin door on the front, they do not have coin mechs or switches installed. A lot of times, Tim, when you open up that coin door on these machines, there's just buttons. All right. There's not actual coin mechs and things. So. You do need to have coin mechs and switches installed. So you can test this for yourself by opening the coin door and checking for these items. If the coin mechs and switches are installed, the game were not installed, the game boards were not designed to take input from them. This means that if you wanted to make a game coin operated, you'd need to maybe install a different board that's designed for coin play and rewire the cabinet. Or like Tim mentioned, you could actually wire up the start button whenever it drops the coin, wire up the start button to the coin switch, do it that way. But you'd have to do it in a non-traditional way. Yes. 
And that is the key. So um, again, it really just depends on what the inside of that coin door looks like. If it is wired up with coins and and with coin switches and coin mechs, then more than likely it is just a dip switch somewhere. So either a hard dip or a soft dip, right, Tim? Correct. So, I mean, that's not too bad. It just really, again, it depends on the cabinet. Uh, Tim, do you have anything else here for Peanut Butter Rhino before we move on? I don't think so. Just send us a picture if you got extra questions, and we can probably really get down and um, get a little more details with our answers. Sounds good. So, uh, Peanut Butter Rhino 5, hopefully that gets you moving in the right direction on your question. If you have, any, if you need additional help, just send us a picture to questions at arcaderepairtips.com via email and let us see what the inside of your coin door looks like and maybe we can help you identify whether it's a dip switch that you just need to change or if you actually need to maybe do a rig up with the start button or some other method in order to enable coin play. And, and Tim, anytime I see a, a username that ends in a number like Peanut Butter Rhino 5, it just makes me think of the other four Peanut Butter Rhinos. Right. <laughs> so uh, apparently there are four. To go. Nope. One, One, two, two nope. three. Oh, no, four. It. Okay, five. We got it. Okay. <laughs> so um, so we also want to say hi to Peanut Butter Rhinos 1 through 4. Right. <laughs> and maybe 0 as well. So there you go. <laughs> anyway, so hopefully answers answered your question, and good luck getting that Pac-Man on coin play there. Uh, moving over to the live chat real quick. We have Big D Retro. He says, thanks for the advice on the ROM errors and where to buy new ROMs. I was able to fix my two ROM errors on my Defender. Yay. So I'm curious, with a new ROM chip, how long will they last on average? Pretty long time. Yeah. Right, Tim? I mean, do you have, I mean, 10 plus years sometimes if it's well taken care of in I a good environment? I would think so. You're, yeah, if you're in a controlled temperature environment, they're probably going to last as long as you have the game. Yeah, I mean, so, especially, and depending how much play it's getting, that's really yeah. the kicker, right? Like, I mean, if you're leaving it on all the time, obviously that's going to wear them out a little bit more than if you are just, you know, you turn it on when you play it, turn it off when you don't, and you don't do it all day long, then it's going to last a lot longer that way. So it just really depends on the amount of play, but, I mean, you should expect, I mean, 5, 10, 10 years usually, right. Tim. I would and depending on what, what part of the country you live, you're in the south like us where it gets really hot you and you want it to last a lot longer, uh, the more airflow and fans or something that you installed on your game, uh, which would be a good upgrade of something you want to keep for a while. Um, I've done that on a lot. It's a Defender, right? Yeah. I've done that a lot on Defenders just because they're, that cabinet gets really hot in there. And so I like to get some airflow, usually one going in and one going out, two fans install make a world a difference and probably keep that thing lasting forever absolutely okay tim let's do our giveaway oh okay right, so this is, yeah this well i mean we, we answered one question that's okay. enough right I, I wanted you to i wanted to get a little bit into the into the show before we did it so like i mentioned this this giveaway this month is not a tool but it could i mean it's kind of it kind of goes along with repair i think I in think a way so. i mean so for the giveaway this month. Now, to, to remind everybody, what do we do for the giveaways? You're going to send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com, and we're going to put a keyword in there that you have to put in the email in order to enter the contest. So, Tim, the giveaway this month is a cassette player. Okay. So, we have this nice uh, Byron Statics um, cassette player, okay, from a much simpler time, Tim, back when we all had cassettes. Okay. A new. New, new. brand new. Okay. Uh, it comes with a built-in speaker. So you do not have to have headphones for this. Okay. Okay. And it has an AM, FM radio, integrated microphone, and earphones included. Oh, and it is teal. Okay. Okay. And um, it's supposed to be teal anyway. It is teal. Okay. So you have a Byron Statics brand new cassette player. Now, Tim, right. I wouldn't give somebody a cassette like, player. How would I find? I'm not, I don't even know where my cassettes are. John. Exactly. I would not give you a cassette player without a cassette. Now, Tim, I mean, there's only one cassette I could think of that would be arcade repair related. And it is this retro Mike and the Mechanics original 
original cassette from okay. 1985. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so you get the player and, and the original the, cassette. And the original so cassette. So I have at least one tape to listen to. Right. And repair related. Mike right. and the mechanics, right? right. So you For see, sure. I got it in there. So this is what we're giving away. You, you will send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Right. And if you do that with the keyword, you have a keyword for me? Contest at arcade. Oh, I'm you're going to enter. I'm entering okay. my... How about uh, Valentine's, since it's Valentine's? Valentine's. So, so Valentine's. you will send an email if you want to win this wonderful cassette player, <clears throat> this wonderful Mike and the Mechanics cassette. You will send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com with the keyword... Valentine's. Valentine's. With an S. With an S. And then you'll be entered to win the contest sometime around them, you know, a week or two from now. Tim will give me around a random Valentine's Day. Exactly. Tim <laughs> will give me a random number, and one of you guys is going to win this wonderful prize package of a cassette player with a mic and mechanics. And Tim, this has such favorites as Silent Running. Okay. All I need is a miracle. I need that. And those are the only two I know <laughs> off, the, off the cassette. Um, let's see. <laughs> I get the feeling. Take the reins. You are the one. A call to arms. Taken in. Um, and hanging by take a thread. In. That's a good song. Oh, take it yeah. in. There we go. So I am very familiar with Silent Running and All I Need you is a Miracle. In? I may know it if you played it for me. Okay. So I am not a Mike and the Mechanics aficionado. Okay. Um, in fact, back in the day, I wasn't even really a big fan. But I got to be a bigger fan as, as the years have gone on. So um, again, contest at ArcadeRepairChips.com. Send us an email there with the keyword... Valentine's. And you'll be entered to win this wonderful prize package uh, that's worth like two bucks or whatever. <laughs> that's oh, worth, that's worth at least ten. I was about to say, worth at least more than that. But you will get a nice Mike and the Mechanics cassette along with a teal um, a teal cassette player, right. built-in microphone, built-in uh, speaker, and he and headphones right. for you. Number so, number two pencil to fix it later. Oh, yes, not you included. all need your number two pencil. Not included. <laughs> yeah, not number included. Number two pencil, not included. You so, need one. Yeah, um, but I, this should be in good shape. So we're hoping, um, you know, it came it came out of a box full of cassettes. So we'll just see. <laughs> but um, anyway, any Mike and Me the Mechanics fans out there, Tim? Do you have a favorite Mike and the Mechanics song? Um, I all I need is a miracle is probably my favorite song. Yeah. But taken in, I have not heard that in a long time. When you said that, I was like, oh, I know that song. Right. Uh, what's the um, what's the say it loud, say it clear song? That's not a later oh, yeah. album. What's that one? Is that, um, I can't remember the name of that one, but I know that one too. Yeah. Um, I am not well versed in a whole bunch of Mike and the Mechanics songs, <laughs> but um, I figured it's kind of repair related. Mechanics, right? Right. So there you go. Is it When We Die? Uh, yeah, that, uh, yeah that's die. the song, but I don't know the title. So somebody, somebody I, in the live show is going to get I don't know the exact too. title, but I know the song. Oh, let's see. Um, let's see. We have here King Kong. So you guys are the best. Thank you for all of the help for the community. King Kong, thank you for being here. Without people like you, we wouldn't have a show. Right. So thank you. Uh, Delusional says people who write Valentine's with an M automatically get disqualified. That is correct. Valentine's <laughs> with an S <laughs> and an N. So it has to be spelled correctly or I'm not going to give you credit. So spell it right. Now, I apostrophe, no apostrophe, don't care. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I, we won't be that picky. Yeah. Exactly. As long as you get Valentine's in there, don't care about the apostrophe. Uh, Nate says, "Oh, I just joined in. What did you miss? You missed out on us talking about Mike and the mechanics and answering one question. That's about it. Right. So you are now caught up. And Tim, we can now move on to the next question. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a question from Matt. Tim. So let's put okay. this up here. Hello, I have a Pac-Man machine that I'm looking to upgrade to a Jamma board, and I have a qu couple of questions. Uh, do you sell a kit ready to go? Basically, plug and play, and pretty easy." And number two, what are your thoughts on upgrading the regular CRT to an LCD? What adapters or parts would I need? If I am upgrading to JAMA, I figure I might as well refresh the whole thing. Screen, power supply buttons, upper lights. Let me know what your thoughts... Uh, let me know your thoughts. My Pac-Man board is doing the thing where every other level has no visible walls. So that is why I am, I am considering this. Thank you for your time. 
Matt. Oh, and Jason picked up on our Mike and the Mechanic song, Living Years, Tim, is the Living one. Years. Living Thank Years, you. I do know that one too. So, mm-hmm. um, But those that is the extent of my Mike and the Mechanic's knowledge. If you guys are, are more, um, maybe some of you guys out there are aficionados in this thing. I do not even have that album on vinyl, and that seems like one I should have. So, yeah. But uh, anyway, back to the stuff. Um, Matt, so he wants to... He's having problems with his Pac-Man board. Right. Let's start off with that, Tim. So he's yeah, having he problems. Yeah, he wants to upgrade. And somebody in the in the live chat said upgrade. Okay. Yeah, okay, right. yes, upgrade. Um, right. Now, as you guys know, because we put out this video, right, Tim, where we did this with the JammaBoards.com upgrade kit. Now, JammaBoards.com is gone. Unfortunately, the owner died and the website kind of went defunct. So with that in mind, Tim, what can Matt do if he wants to continue to try to do this upgrade like we show in the video? Well, Mike's Arcade... Dot com sells a sells a similar kit. It's the same kit or is it a similar Pretty kit? Pretty much the same it's, kit. It acts it works just the same, right? Yeah. We've installed this and the instructions are very good. Um, and our video pretty much is the same same type of instructions, but the instructions that come with it are fantastic. Right. So um, if it's you... easy. It doesn't take maybe thirty minutes. It yeah. was pretty fast. Absolutely. And then you could get like a sixty and one board or something, and it just comes put with it in one. there. It comes with one. That's this right. This one comes with one. It comes so with for one hundred and forty dollars, you get what the power, power supply. supply, the harness, the adapter, and not the... a harness. You get the harness adapter. Harness adapter. So you and still then you get, get a the, harness. And then you get the, no. Well, I mean, it adapts. That's to the right. Pac-Man. It adapts to the Pac Man. Yeah. So. You, you get, get three, the adapter, three, three things, and that's it. We literally did that probably in about 30 minutes, and because I had a Miss Pac-Man that had some board issues, and we just wanted to, one, we wanted to shoot a video on it, and another, we wanted to just see how, how it was, and it was great. Works fantastic. Absolutely. I, we did shoot a video on it. Yeah, we, we did. We have a video that needs to be edited of <laughs> all of that okay. stuff. We do of us actually installing Yes, of, of us actually installing the Mike's Arcade kit. I forget about that, Tim. You are correct. Okay. So um now the thing about the Mike's Arcade.com kit and the Jamador boards kit that we show, Tim, is that both of these are non-destructive, which means that if you do this kit, you can still put your old Pac-Man board in and use it. Okay, so right. I mean that's a really great thing. Um so now yep. as far as the L C D to CRT, Tim, what would you recommend Matt do with that? Well, we normally recommend that you you keep it as original as possible and that you send it off and get it repaired because one day there won't be any of them around absolutely but that's a personal preference too and if you like it want to do that i'm sure somebody would love to have your monitor out of there um so that's up to you it's kind of a personal preference um and but it but the mike's arcade kit does work so well in fact um, we keep. I have a Miss Pac-Man in my garage. That we keep it in there just because you can test other Gemma boards on it. You can and real quick. And uh, but if I go to sell it, I'll just switch it right back to Miss Pac-Man in literally ten minutes. It's good and back to go. But for right now, it's kind of become our test machine just because it's right there and it's handy. So I would just. It's kind of like if it, if your monitor's working, like we talked about before, then just leave it alone. If it's working fine. Um, but why not? Um, if if you want to rebuild it and get it looking good, or send it to somebody like Paul, I we like the original. There's nothing to me. Um, all, an LCD can almost look too good on a Pac-Man. You know what I mean? It's like I like the raster line showing and things, and a little pixelated and grainy and stuff is okay with me because that's what I remember. Um, the LCD monitors, though, do look good, and I'm sure you and your friends and kids and everything will have just as much fun playing it. So it's a personal preference. If you want to go that route, um, just like I said, don't toss it. 
somebody would really probably love to have that old monitor if that's the route that you choose to go. Now, if you are going to go, I'm going to interject here real quick, Tim. Sure. If you are going to go LCD, commercial grade, arcade quality LCD, one that sure. already has the converter conversion built in, already takes the RGB signal, you don't have to have the converter board, you can go the converter board route, we just don't like it, yeah. it makes things more difficult to us because with the commercial grade ones, they're already ready to mount, they're ready to put in, and they already have the conversion boards built in. So there's no having to rig up like, how am I gonna mount this thing in there? How am I gonna put the conversion board in there? And there's, no, there's not nearly as much delay without the conversion board. Now let's talk about the board that he has. He says he's missing, he's missing like the maze every other level. Yes. Every other level has no visible walls. That's what I'm reading here. Right. So Tim, the thing people may not realize about this is that there's a bootleg board that does this on right. purpose. Okay. And so um, Hangley Man is a great example of one that actually where the walls would disappear like every other level yes. and stuff like that. So your board may not be, it may not broken. be broken. It just may be a bootleg that has that to kind of make it more difficult. Now, with that said, there's a lot of resources out there on fixing Pac-Man boards. And, Tim, I put our standard fare of links down below for those. Okay. As well as the link to the Mike's Arcade kit. So, Matt, if you're watching this after the fact, you can go down there and you can see the Mike's Arcade kit will be first. And you'll see the other three links for Pac-Man troubleshooting. But if you're interested in working on your board, Pac-Man is one of the nicest ones to work on because there's so much information out there. And so... If you do want to mess with maybe trying to get it fixed, then you can go that route. Again, though, that may be a normal board. It's just that it's a bootleg that's supposed to do that. So right. something to keep in mind. Uh, Tim, is there anything else here before I show the slide? No, go ahead and show the slide. Okay. Uh, let me go to the live chat because I saw a couple of people chime in here. Um, I did want to get this. Let's see. Um, yeah, I will gladly trade them a 19-inch mm -hmm. Dell LCD and throw in the CJ to VJ converter for the tube and chassis. A lot of right. people will. So if sure. you are going to replace it with an LCD, you may post down below in the comments that you're going to do that, and somebody will offer to um, to have that uh, CRT tube and the um, the chassis shipped to them. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. You can upgrade the CRT with a fresh tube while they still exist and chassis re rebuild. Not an LCD fan. Of course, that's from Paul, uh, who right. works on a lot of monitors, so we understand that. Um, let's see. Uh, like I said, they almost look too good at times. I think for the average person, they're great, or people are, are satisfied with them, and we've went that route before, but I, I just like the original look and feel, especially yeah. on a Pac-Man game. Bregzer Show says the LCD isn't as good as the CRT when it comes to sharpness and resolution. I have two. They are okay. But it isn't like looking at, at 1080p emulation to an LCD. And that's a good point because right. emulation can put a little bit of a filter on there that makes it a little bit different. When you're coming to an LCD, a lot of times you're getting that raw pixel data, which does look a lot more pixelated on an LCD than it does on a CRT. I agree. So let's go ahead and throw good up points. the yeah, let's go ahead and throw up the um, the outline here so people can see. So let's start off with the first question. You can purchase the Pac-Man upgrade kit from Mike'sArcade.com. It's $140 plus shipping. With this kit, you can follow the same instructions that we show in our video. The process is pretty easy and straightforward. This kit is non-destructive and includes a new power supply to install. He mentioned, Tim, maybe doing a new power supply, some new lights and things. Right. And so this actually comes with the new power supply. You will need to install that for it to work. On the second question, we like to keep cabinets as original as possible. Like Tim mentioned, if your monitor is currently working pretty well, we would leave it in the cabinet. If you want to install an LCD, we would suggest a commercial-grade arcade quality display. Okay, now you can go the conversion route with the Gombas board and a off-the-shelf uh, LCD. It's just that it does add a little bit more delay, and there's a, there's a lot of other things you have to consider when you're not going with that commercial-grade arcade quality display. 
Now on the board issue, hard to tell if it's an actual issue or if it's a bootleg version like Hangley Man, because like we mentioned, Hangley Man does this. That's like actually one of the things it does. So Mike'sArcade.com has Pac-Man Troubleshooting page if you want to try to repair it. We also have additional links below to some other Pac-Man Troubleshooting links. All right. So Tim, anything else for Matt before we move no, on? No, I don't think so. I've got a, maybe a comment or two more in the in the, uh, yeah, we, we're going to have to catch up here in a second. Right. Live chat's going crazy over here. So, But let's wrap it up here, Matt. Hopefully that answers your question. Good luck if you go with the conversion kit, and let us know if you need any help with that process. So, Tim, I am going to go back over to live chat because it seems like we got a whole bunch of stuff that just came in. Mm -hmm. So um, let's see what we got here. Um, first off, Jumping General, you guys have the number one channel. Can we get two live chats a month? If our <laughs> schedules would allow, um, <laughs> Tim, right. I'm literally booked up through like December next year, I feel like. Um, it's not That's that bad. Sad. Only May. So, but then May school gets out, my kids are out. So, um, but no, we're really busy. Tim's traveling a lot. You're going all yep. over the place. You got trips coming up to. I've us. got a couple trips coming up. In fact, we'll we'll mention those in case you're in those areas. I'll be in Fort Myers, Florida, for a week in uh, around February, the week of Valentine's. Uh, a month from then, I will be up the Jersey Shore, almost to Newark, all the way down the shore of Jersey. So. If you're in any of those areas and would like to meet up, please uh, send us an email or, let, or contact me. Yeah, we would love to do more, but I think the time commitment right now is just too much. At so. some point, we will try to do more because, I mean, if you guys, we enjoy doing them. It's just the amount of time and effort it takes to do them is, is, is sub substantial. It takes a lot to do an outline, Tim. It takes a lot to do prep work and other things. So uh, I think we could do it eventually, but I'm not, I'm not promising anything right, right now. <laughs> Uh, let's see, Radford119, hey guys, uh, what's up? Good to be back again. So there For we sure. go. Um, let's see, Big D Retro, starting a restor restoration project on a Robotron. I may need a new ISO block because the wires were cut from it. Not sure if it works yet. This area is new to me. What sh where should I look for a replacement? Um, pretty much our, all arcade parts suppliers will have replacements for the isolation transformer. Yeah. So if that if it's just an isolation transformer, you should be able to get one from pretty much any arcade parts supplier. Yeah, like um, the newer Bob ones Robert, are twisted quarter. Yeah, the, the newer ones are smaller too. Yeah, which is really handy instead of those big old bricks like what you have. The newer ones are much smaller, and so you will you will get to uh, it will kind of come down. Now I can't remember if in Robotron. No, Robotron has a a power supply board like most Williams games so it yes. doesn't need it it doesn't have a transformer in there I don't think for AC voltages and things so you won't have to worry about that if it's most just, people just put a switcher in it and you can do that too need it yeah but, um, but you. yeah we've talked about that in the past and our, our <coughs> uh, God rest his soul King Graham and, and what he um, had he had thoughts about using what you know uh, Switchers and Williams games that you can go back and look mm -hmm. at some of our stuff on. But um, you could do that as well. That is always an option that's available to you. Uh, let's see. Paul, uh, let's see. Delusional says, what about 96-in-1 kit? That install eliminates uh, rims, so it may fix it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. uh, let's see what else we got here. Hayesville um, Arcade, I have an arcade cabinet in, a, in storage. Does the cold weather affect them, Tim? Well, I think any cold and extreme cold and extreme heat definitely affects any electronics it's especially um uh, think of things like static and things like that that build up um can do that but having said that uh, as long as it's indoors and uh you know you're careful and everything i've seen a lot of them fire right up so i'm not an expert really to be able to say exactly why some work and some don't but um, it's about a 50-50 shot when it really seems to me that they really get to those extreme weathers. Uh, humidity, uh, static electricity, all those things really come into effect. 
So the more climate control that you can keep a game, the better off it is. Absolutely. Jumping General says, I have a bootleg Miss Pac-Man. Will this plug right into my original um, Pac-Man cabinet with no problems? So it depends on if the pinout is the same. Now, in, on an original Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man, the pinout is the same, right, Tim? Mm -hmm. But bootlegs are different. Sometimes pinouts vary. So you will need to find the pinouts for your bootleg and make sure that they match the pinouts for Pac-Man, Miss Pac-Man, Junior Pac-Man. Like that set. If they do, yes, it should be plug and play, no problems. But again, verify that. See if you can find the pinouts for your board. And Tim, there's a ton of pinouts for bootleg boards on online. You can find, so more than likely, you should be able to find the pinout for you. So, um, yeah, so it depends on the bootleg for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see. I think we're caught up. Okay. Okay. So there we go. So let us continue on here, Tim, with this question from Josh. Okay. Now, okay, let's see. That last one was Pac-Man. Right. So we've had two Pac-Man, so that's where the Pac-Man came from. Okay. Right? And uh, we have Pac-Man. Okay, got that. Um, Tim, I think the golden part is part of this. Okay. Question from Josh. Hello, I have a Golden Tee Complete Arcade. I am not sure, not 100% sure, what monitor I have, but it is a Wells Garner. Okay. okay, so we know that, Tim. After playing for about 10 or 15 minutes, the color would change on the CRT monitor screen. After doing some testing in the color testing settings, I found that the green looked to be going out after playing for 10 or 15 minutes. Because of this issue, I thought it might be time to see if I would like the game better on an LCD screen. I figured it, if it was time to replace the monitor, I might as well upgrade to the LCD. I purchased an RGB to HDMI converter, Tim. A little okay. bit different than the gum, like the standard Gumbus we see. I've used this converter successfully a few times now, just testing it out on an LCD TV I have. I jumpered the wires off the harness uh, that connects in, uh, in the back of the monitor to test on an LCD TV. I was able to get it showing up on the LCD TV without any issues, but cannot really decide if I like the look of the game on the LCD better than on the CRT. So I left the harness for the CRT screen plugged in plugged into the back of the monitor while hooking up the converter to my LCD TV and tried to play both screens side by side to see which picture I prefer. Okay. Now the CRT is totally scrambled. Could it be possible I somehow changed the resolution that the game was projecting out at in the CRT monitor? I would like to just get the picture unscrambled so I could go back to troubleshooting the green going out. Any help would be greatly appreciated. I love this game and I hate that I screwed it up. Thank you. So Tim, we got we've got Josh here who Okay. That's an interesting question. Who's having some problems here? So he had a CRT mm -hmm. on his golden T that looked like it was missing green. Okay. So he's like, well, why don't I just try to use the converter board on it, right, mm -hmm. with an LCD? And that seemed to work, but he wasn't sure if he liked the way it looked. Like we talked about, sometimes it looks good, sometimes it doesn't. So then he splits off that signal to both. He splits it off to the LCD TV and to the CRT, maybe to see and compare which one would look better. But when he did that, all of a sudden the CRT now is scrambled. Okay, so we are out of sync, okay, is, is what I'm right. assuming that we're getting here. And so with that in mind, Tim, what can Josh do? He wants to get his CRT back to where he was before. What can he do to get back there? Well, hopefully it just threw it out of sync a little bit, and he could probably try to adjust his hold and sync potentiometers and get the picture back in. I think it's, I don't think he messed it up. Um, so you want to make sure that the sync wire coming from your harness is connected and that the sync pin is a good connection because sometimes just by moving it and switching them around and stuff, that can happen. But a lot of times, um, when you're splitting the signal like that, that's exactly what you just think about it. Part is going here and part is going there. It's not all going to one or the other in simplified terms. 
Uh, so you got a lot. You got two things going on where there's only supposed to be one thing, right? <laughs> if that's the way I could say it. Uh, so you might just try to hook it back up the way you originally had it. He didn't say that he did that. I want to see if it's working that way. Um, it's probably um, probably just that it can't handle both like that. It's not a s- true um, splitter. So here's the, I, and something I want to remember is: Do you remember back in the '80s, Tim, when we people would put TVs on top of an arcade cabinet, so a spectator screen? For sure. Okay, spec- spectator screens. They did this too. But when you split out a signal, like you're talking about, Tim, you're adding resistance to it. Right. Okay, and all of a sudden that means that like all of the adjustments now are lower than they're supposed to be because we split out that signal. And so now we right. need to kind of adjust that stuff back up. A lot of times when you did the spectator screen back in the 80s, Tim, you'd have to adjust the brightness. You'd have to adjust mm-hmm. maybe the holds and some of the other things because you're adding resistance by adding an additional monitor. And so it could be the case here, Tim, that he needs to tweak his adjustments just a bit in order to get it to work simultaneously. Now, with that said... I like what you said. Right. Let's just go back to the CRT and see if it works without the converter board and the LCD. Well, that would at least let him know it could be a pin because you just go moving those things around. They've been sitting there for years. They like where they are. They don't like moving. They're just sitting on the couch relaxing. You start moving them around, they don't like it. And sometimes that pin will get a little loose or um, it could could just be the way it's configured on that board. So uh, I would like to know, does it work? outside of not being split and then did if you hook it back up originally would it work then also tim uh, obviously beforehand he was missing the color green now yeah. we know it's a wells garner we don't know what model but what do you think is going on with the green well it's probably um just you know it could be his tube but more than likely he just needs a cap or something you know to replace it and or send his monitor off for repair to get his color fixed yeah so, so it could um, be a color drive transistor uh, there's a lot of things and it delus- could be. Delusional CR2 says could be a bad pot as well. For sure. Yeah, anything that's on that color drive line, which um, a lot of times there's a lot of stuff on the neck board. There's also some stuff on the main chassis depending on which model you have, right, Tim? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we have a whole video on checking a monitor tube with Michael where we talk about a lot of this. Uh-huh. And so we would recommend that to you. And also, like Delusional said, you may check the pots too, the color drive and the color, um, the drive and the, what's the other one? I always forget. The cutoff. The cutoff and see, and make sure that those pots are good too because that can also cause the issue. Mm-hmm. Tim, is there anything else with Josh here before we move on? No, you can go ahead and slow, show the slide. I know sure. it'll probably repeat some of the stuff we just said, but I think that, I don't think he, I think he's worried he really did some major, major damage and I kind of lean to think that hope, hopefully that he didn't do major damage to it. I think it's fixable. And another thing is that when you're moving a monitor chassis around him, like he probably yanked it out of the game and things. Oh, I'm sure. Cold solder joints, man. They're all over the place. Um, so you may just need to touch up the solder on anything that looks even slightly suspect. And they may, that may help as well. So this is not it. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things. Let's go ahead and read the slide and just talk about some of these things we've already discussed. First off, make sure that the sync wire coming from your harness is connected properly and that the sync pin is making a good connection to the chassis. Tim, how many times have we seen it where the pin separates from the board right. because the solder is cold? Seen it a lot. So definitely want to check that. You also want to try adjusting your hold sync potentiometers as well. When you split a video signal, it is usually necessary to tweak the adjustment as splicing the wires will add resistance to the signal. You might try hooking up just the CRT wires as well to see if the scram- if it's still scrambled without the LCD hooked up. And again, Tim, cold solder joints. Let's look for those. Yeah. Inspect the whole chassis and make sure that uh, you touch up solder on anything that looks even slightly suspect. 
on the color issue. It's probably a problem with your CRT monitor if you're missing the green color on your, if you weren't missing the green color on your LCD, right? Because we have a test monitor here. And so if that green color was there the whole time on the LCD, we know that the problem's probably in the CRT, right, Tim? Correct. And so see our post on checking a monitor tube and our video for more information. And another thing is you do want to check those uh, color, uh, the color, <coughs> excuse me, the color potentiometers, Tim, yes. and make sure that those are good as well. So, um, is there anything else here, Tim, that you have for Josh before we move on? No. I think the live chat's getting getting heated up over there. Yeah, there's there. a couple of other things on here. Let's see. Um, yeah, Delusional says, signal strength for colors, including sync, drops when you split it. This is correct. This is adding mm -hmm. the resistance when we when we add, when we we add split that signal. So you will have to adjust. Um, brightness is usually the one thing most people have to do, but you may have to adjust everything just depending. So... Mm -hmm. Uh, let's see. Um, <laughs> Joe says, if you know what a spectator screen is, you are old. There you go, Tim. <laughs> we are old officially. That is correct. If you do know what a spectator screen is, Tim, probably the most common game I saw him on was Dragon's Lair. We probably right. saw more spectator mm -hmm. screens on Dragon's Lair than anything. Mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat's had them. Mortal Kombat, Mortal sure. Kombat 2, I saw a couple of times, but those are the only games I can remember having spectator screens on. Um, most of the time, they didn't. You just kind of sat by the game and watched whoever was playing. Saw a Mortal Kombat in a new TV show. We'll yes, oh, later. you're watching this too. Yeah, okay. so you know this, right? So apparently me and Tim are both watching The <laughs> Last of too, Us. Right? <laughs> um, so we will talk about that in the after show. I do okay, have it on good. the outline. So. Good. Uh, let's see. Um, Radford 119, could it be that the converter board is putting out a different hertz for sync uh, and the CGA board is looking for 15? Well, you got to remember here that the converter board is basically only taking what's coming from the, the board and converting it for that LCD. It's really not converting it for the CRT. Right. Okay, it should be the same signal going to both places. So um, the converter board should not mess with with the the split off for that unless there's some sort of back feed, which there usually is not. Usually, Tim, they put in they put in protection for that, mm -hmm. and so there shouldn't be any kind of back feed from the converter board. Uh, Nate says, "I wish I was around for something like that. It was a popular thing to do. Back was it a popular thing to do back in the day? Did a lot of operators do that? So you did not see it often." It was, in fact, a rarity, and it was mainly only at uh, arcade-specific locations. Like, you mm. wouldn't find it, like, at your gas station arcade or anything like that. Typically, it would be a dedicated arcade that had these things. Right, like, only... I, I can think of it in the mall or where you'd have competitions yeah. and stuff like that. Where... So, fighting games like Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat a lot of times had them. Dragon's Lair is probably one of the biggest uh, cabinets we see it on, just because Dragon's Lair looks like a freaking cartoon when mm -hmm. you see it. And so, everybody wanted to watch people play it. And so, um, Dragon's Lair was a big one that had spectator screens on it. But it was a rarity. It cost operators money to put in, which is sure. why a lot of times they would not do it. But it was a cool thing to have for people, for games that were very popular that people wanted to see. Uh, let's see. Radford says, mean, uh, okay, the converter board is syncing to the LCD first. Again, we're splitting this sync. We're splitting the wires across. So we should, it should be the same signal getting to both places mm -hmm. on that. Um, let's see fun fact dragon's lair had a separate output for the laser disc player itself that allowed spectator screens to be easily added so oh, you didn't actually great. have to split the signal on that which is pretty cool maybe so. that's why I, that was one of the more common things you would see that on then right but other pcb splices for other games typically had side effects like sync washed out colors etc yeah and this is from delusional yeah again guys whenever we're, we're splitting a signal of any kind we're going to add resistance to that signal we're going to have to crank everything up in order to compensate it just is what it is right yeah. i mean it's no different um if you use a headphone jack splitter sure have you ever used a headphone jack splitter of you ever notice you have to turn your volume up a little bit more in order yep. to get in order to get the same amount it's because you're splitting the signal right right it's it, this the, the uh, you're splitting the source out and when you do that it's taking the hertz both places and Great so, analogy. yeah exactly so it's the same kind of thing so okay i think we're caught up on the live chat tim 
And so we will move on to the next one here from Ben. And Tim, this is another golden moment. Okay. Uh, I have a Golden T 3D Golf. I picked up a I picked up the Jamma boards for Golden T 97 and 99 that work fine. However, when I unplug the machine, the settings or leaderboards do not save. I've replaced the lithium batteries, but that was not the solution. Thoughts? Thanks. Now, Tim, this is Golden T uh, uh, Generation 3, right, is what right. we call this. Third generation of Golden T boards here, Tim. And so um, they're not quite to the PC level yet, like what we get with Golden T 4 kind of on. And so we're still using a, an actual board for it for the most part. And so with that in mind, Tim, if I'm replacing the battery and I'm not getting saves, what's going on? What can I do to maybe flesh that, to get that working? Well, the first thing that we want to make sure is that you're using the correct battery. Sure. That, um, you know, that battery back in those that's you know think about how long ago that's been now john it's been a been a minute oh absolutely uh, it used to seem like yesterday but actually 99 is when i first moved to tyler so um it could be the wrong battery a lot of newer style replacements are bigger or they look like they will fit but they're not the right voltage and stuff so make sure that you're getting the right battery it's close to the one that originally was in there if that's not the case and the battery is fine, uh, normally it's kind of like we would think, okay, it's a battery. And if it's not the battery, or you could even make some kind of battery conversion kit, whatever, find out the original, what, how many volts and stuff, then the problem is probably a RAM chip. And so um, I know that on the slide, John, you're going to tell them exactly which RAM chips and, and numbers to replace. but. That's just the way a lot of a lot of boards work. They have you know, the battery would keep the savings after the game was turned off, or it was stored onto a chip. And um, I probably think on this one it could be a chip issue. Okay, gotcha. So um, first off, Tim, I did a little bit of research on these boards. Tim, I actually have some of these okay. still sitting around. <laughs> um, and so I do know this information here. So first off, let's make sure you're using the correct battery. So most of the Golden T 3D to 2K boards use a BR2335 3-volt battery, which can be hard to find, Tim, yes. if you've been looking for it. You can use the more common CR2032 as a replacement, but keep in mind that it is physically smaller than the original battery, okay? So, um, of course, it is. Uh, of course, the key is to ensure that we are giving the game board the 3 volts it needs to save the settings and scores, okay? So you can use a CR2032. Most of those are pretty common. The BR2335 is the one that was originally used in it. But again, we're just wanting to get that three volts to it. That's the key. Okay, so if you've replaced that, you've tested the battery, you know the battery is good, everything is good, okay, then the issue may be a problem with your static RAM chip at location U50. Okay, this okay. is a socketed chip that's really close to the battery holder, Tim. Okay. You can see it. That looking makes at the sense. Ports. Okay, and so you can replace this with the Sony, and there's the model number, Tim, the Toshiba, or an equivalent chip. Um, I've seen the Sonys and Toshibas on both. Uh, both sets of boards, and so those should be the same as far as you know, as far as the um, use case goes. Um, there's probably another equivalent chip, static RAM chip, that you could also replace it with. I just don't know what it is off the top of my head. And the Sony's and the Toshiba's with these model numbers are very are very prevalent. You can find them in a lot of different places. Okay. So um, so if you are having problems and you're getting good voltage and you know the battery's good, then you may need to replace the static RAM, ch RAM chip at location U50. And you will see it. It is socketed and it is literally like right next to the battery ho holder. And guess what, Tim? It has a nice U50, like okay. in very, very tiny, tiny print over it. So you nice. will find it. Okay. So, um, but yes, you will see this. Um, so you may just need to replace that chip, Ben, if you're not having luck with the battery. 
So, and like I said, I've got these boards, so I know, I know that uh, these are the chips that they used. I don't know what a modern replacement would be, Tim, on that static RAM chip. I tried to look around for one. But I'm sure if those you go, those Sony's and those Toshiba's are very prevalent. You can find them everywhere. So, sure. <clears throat> but. Um, let's see. Delusional says, I thought the battery safe settings, not high scores. Uh, it's either an NVRAM chip or the supercapacitor that's old. So, um, the battery on, on, um, on this game does save the high scores. Okay. okay? In some games, the battery save does, does do the high scores. On some, it does not. Um, and we're, I was talking with, um, uh, with Greg, uh, earlier, uh, who's, um, uh, <clears throat> what's his hand? I can't even think of it at the moment. Sorry, Greg. But he sent an email earlier about the, um, about about uh, Donkey Kong 3. Donkey Kong 3, um, the battery save only does bookkeeping. It doesn't actually save the high scores. Okay. Okay, so sometimes you'll have something like that. Um, but sometimes you, it just depends overall, uh, you know, as to how the board's set up. On Golden T boards, that battery does do high score saving, but that static, if that static RAM chip is bad, it won't save anyway. Well, they so. always work together. You gotta, you kind of have to have both. You gotta have the battery that gives the power to the chip to right. do what it needs to do kind of right right exactly so but the thing about it is tim is that obviously if stack ram is bad then you're not saving anything right okay right exactly and if the battery is bad then it's not going to keep the ram chip active and it's going to die too so i mean it's kind of it's you've got to have both parts right? right like both parts have to be working in tandem not all boards save high scores right and so sure. and sometimes Some don't. just because you see batteries on a board does not necessarily mean that it saves high scores that's Correct. another thing like we said donkey kong three great example so um it just really depends on the board itself as to whether it does but for golden tea it should save your high scores and if it's not battery static ram replace them ben hopefully answers your question and good luck getting that fixed so um let's see i've used i used to use those 3.6 cordless NICAD batteries for those you can do that mm -hmm. so if you want to wire in like a cordless phone battery there that's three volt you could do that if you wanted to if you, and that would last longer than the little coin cell battery but it's hard to replace if you ever have to replace it you put a connector on there so that way mm -hmm. if you need it you just connect it back you could always do that so that's an option definitely for sure so Ben hopefully answers your question and good luck getting that high score save working on your golden T uh, generation 3 boards uh, Tim, Big D Retro, is it true vector monitors run hotter than CRT monitors? If so, I would assume it would be best to add a fan to my Asteroids Deluxe. Any other tips you can give on Asteroids Deluxe would be great. So, Tim, I don't know if they run necessarily, maybe a little bit hotter, because there are some there Never, are some components yeah. on there that do run a little bit hotter. Um, and always a good idea to add fans. Yeah. Um, uh, you know. I've never been disappointed adding any fan yeah i've always thought more fans of barrier it's yeah like, exactly they've always helped me those games like i used to have a pole position i think we had four fans on it and um i was made up our mind we were going to make that game where it just would last and you know that was about the only thing that we could do to just seem like to keep that game running yeah so, I mean, always good to add fans. As far as Asteroids Deluxe goes, Tim, um, and keeping it running, you know, just make sure, obviously, that your power supply, your power is dialed in on it, that everything is good from a power standpoint. Always want to make sure you're getting consistent voltage, Tim. That's very important, especially to the monitor. Check the check all of the, the power um, section on the monitors as well. Make sure that all of those are, everything is working properly and getting good voltage through there. Um, you know, those are always gonna, that's always the key to keep thing, keeping things running well, I feel like, is to make sure that everything is getting the, the voltage and power that it needs if you're doing that then you're doing you're doing good work so um uh delusional says color vectors run hotter black and white i think you're okay and like i said i have seen it seems like um some vector monitors that do run a little bit hot because they do you know typically tim you'll know if they've got some i was big thinking of tempest when he said that yeah, I was tempest. Like, tempest does seem to be 
really hot when you get inside of it. Tempest <laughs> like, also has a a the way the cabinet is designed yeah, is not it. really designed for airflow. The way it slopes back mm -hmm. instead of like you have you know with most you have that nice big marquee light that kind of opens up the internal part of the cabinet. With Tempest, it slopes back, and so there's not as much room for air to escape like or for air to move around like there is in a traditional arcade cabinet. So to me, I think like you're, what you're saying, y'all, is the cabinet design has a lot to do with it. it in my opinion, I don't know a lot. I'd say some. It has so, something to do with it. But having having good ventilation is always a good idea. Yep. Regardless. Um, Paul says, Geo 8 Vectors ran ran hot, um, ran hot, didn't start fires, he says. Yeah. Uh, so you have to be careful. Um, let's see. Unless it is a Sega Vector, fire hazard. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Sega anything, fire hazard, right, Tim? For sure. So um, anyway, so there you go. Uh, yeah, but um, yeah, it's, it just depends. I mean, always a good idea, though, to add a fan in there. And like I said, check your voltages. Make sure all your voltages are good. That's always key. Uh, oh, Joe says, a running pole position. Now you're just showing off, Tim. <laughs> right. <clears throat> there was a time. Ooh. And there was a time we had two running pole positions. A sit down. Yeah, a sit down <laughs> and a stand up. Yeah, there so. you go. Take that. It's a sit down version, too. Mm hmm. I'm sorry about my throat. I've, I've kind of I've been getting over like a little bit of a cold here, which is always fun, right? Right. So, Tim, I think we need to remind everybody that we're still having a contest. Right. Right? So, in case you missed it earlier, if you're joining us late and you'd like to win a prize for watching the live show tonight, we are giving away this cassette tape player and recorder and this cassette tape of Mike and the Mechanics from 1985, Tim. Okay. And all you have to do, if you'd like to win these two lovely items, is to send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you include the keyword... Valentine's. Valentine's. With an S. With an S, that's right. Not, not an M. No M's right. anywhere in there. <laughs> Valentine's, please. <laughs> so, contest at arcaderepairtips.com. Send an email and make sure you include the keyword Valentine's and you'll be entered to win this lovely prize package worth 10 bucks or so. Um, it'll probably cost more to ship it than it will be to buy it. But that's okay. We hope that you have much enjoyment. I don't even know where you find... I mean, when's the last time you even saw one for sale? That's so, no, no, no. They still have these. This came from Amazon. I know, but I'm just like, this is a this is a neat, a unique product. Well, we've been giving away tools and and handy stuff, and for the December right. one, we gave away the really nice heat gun, right? <clears throat> which, you know, would have been handy this week for us. I think so. And so, but um, I wanted to do something different for tonight. So, if you do want to win, just send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com. With the keyword Valentine's, and you'll be entered to win this wonderful prize package. And again, um, Mike and Mechanics, uh, if you will, let us know your favorite Mike and the Mechanics song in the live chat. Pre <laughs> previous winners are still eligible to re-win. That so, is right. right. We do not put limitations on who wins, right? Huh. So you can win everyone if you do, but uh, so far I don't think we've had any repeats. Okay. I think everybody everybody who's won has only won once. So, so. your chances are good tonight, so exactly. shout out if you've already sent uh, sent your entry in. Yeah. Okay. Uh, jumping General, why are pole positions so difficult to keep working? Has anyone designed a replacement upgraded PCB board? So, yes. second part, yes. yes. Somebody has designed some upgrade PCB boards that'll run. Um, why are they so hard to keep working? They just had, I mean, they were very finicky about power. Um, they got jostled, <clears throat> they got jostled a lot because they were a driving game. And mm -hmm. so you had connectors jostling, things like that. Very finicky on power. Goodness. Right, Tim? Yeah, I and mean, the cabinet was about this thick. Yeah. And hot in there. Talk about hot was inside that cabinet got really hot. Absolutely. There are mods you can do to them to make them more reliable, like the Sense Mod Tim and things mm -hmm. like this. Um, there are some things that you can do to make them more reliable, but um, overall they were not they were not very reliable to begin with. You gotta remember when arcade games came out, guys, they weren't made to run but like maybe two or three years, right, Tim? I think so. And so pole position um, was definitely one of those that ran hot 
and it did it burnt up the edge connectors which i just saw paul say that that is correct it would burn up just um pac-man boards had that problem too of mm-hmm. course but it seems like we see it more on pole positions uh but volt vol- any kind of weird voltage to it and it would ooh, it would throw a fit i mean mm-hmm. one time we blew a breaker in tim's in tim's game room and we turned on all the games and that's uh, the one that did not come back up i don't think it ever came back up after that yeah so i mean it is what <laughs> it is so now, Tim, that transition uh, transitions us well to Todd's question. Okay. So, um, which I thought was very interesting. So we'll put it up here. Hey guys, quick question for you: Are there any advantages or disadvantages of using an external voltage regulator like this one? I have a baby Pac-Man, and I want to keep the power as clean as possible. If you don't recommend the EVR, are there any power conditioners that you do recommend? Thanks for all that you do. Todd. Now, Tim, um, Todd sent a link to this APC automatic voltage regulator, this Line R1, which I also linked to down below so you can see that. Um, they, Tim, as far as um, voltage regulators go, not a bad idea at all, I would say. Right. What do you think? Well, you know, yes, there's definitely nothing wrong with them. In fact, uh, it probably would be beneficial. Now, how much benefit? I don't know. It's kind of like, I don't, you know, that one was $68, I think. Yes, yeah, $68. Um, you know, if you got a game, I've, uh, he had a good game choice, Baby Pac-Man. Sure. That's another game that's hard to keep running yeah. and keep playing. So anything the whole you, video pinball. Right. Anything that you can video do to prolong the life, I think is okay. Um, there's usually not that big an issue. I don't know, but... Will it hurt? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know that it helps tremendously, but surely it helps some. So, yeah. I, I would. I would. I'm not against it. Uh, I've never actually done it to say that I've had a game. Even some of my favorite games, I still have. I've never installed anything like that. Now, when when I used to work at Best Buy and I sold Tim his computer, which is how we met. Right. Okay. Quick story. Uh, I usually sold computers with AVRs like this, okay. and the reason why is because. Um, fluctuations in AC voltage can wear down a power supply. Okay. okay, so even if it's, I mean, even if it's a switching power supply, um, over time, if, you're, if your 120 is not 120, if it's jumping around 125, 118, mm-hmm. if it's jumping around like this a lot, that can wear down a power supply over time. Most power supplies are designed to take a certain range of voltage, but if you're in an area where you get, where your, your line looks more like this, than like this, then you may have, you may, that will help a lot having an automatic voltage regulator. So it really depends on how clean the voltage is coming out of your walls, um, opposed to, opposed to, um, how much it's going to help, right? right. Like, I mean, that's going to, that's going to be the thing that makes a difference. And maybe, uh, if your game has an oscillation transformer or something like that, it probably would definitely benefit from it. I would think most older games, this would be a good benefit from. Yeah, and I went ahead and put together a slide here, Tim, and I'm just going to go ahead and put it up here. So the biggest thing about external automatic voltage regulators is that they clean up the power that's getting to your arcade cabinet and cabinets that use switching power supplies Tim it's usually not an issue because the power supply itself will kind of compensate for the the AC voltage fluctuations it'll make sure that even if it's getting like 125 or 118 that that DC volt line is solid right? right like so your switching power supply should correct for most of this now games powered by AC voltage maybe you have a Pac-Man that's still got it like an yeah. AC transformer in there or something like that it's going to benefit more from that because those because because when those fluctuations happen in your in your main AC line, it's going to happen on the transformer side too. And so having an EVR and AVR on those games will help a lot more. Across the board though, clean power can reduce the wear and tear on your power supply in your game, which should increase its longevity and be beneficial for it in the long run. So there you go. Okay, so it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter um, what kind of game you have. It should help it. The amount that it helps will depend on the game. 
that's, that's I think that's, that's really what it comes. Yeah, exactly. It really depends. So I mean, if but like I said, if you're running, if it's a game that runs mainly like AC drop, you know, drop down um, transformers or something like that. Um, then it'll benefit more from something like that than it would with something with an actual switching or linear power supply where those are kind of made to absorb the fluctuations anyway. Now, again, you may live in an area where your 120 volt goes down to like 100 right. and your and goes up to 150. I mean, if you're getting fluctuations like that in your line, you need something like right. this. I think of ours in the summer, how when the AC kicks on, you can see all of our games just kind of go real, real yep. quick. Uh, that may help with some of that. Agreed. Um, kind of curious if anybody in the chat room has an opinion on if they've actually used them, because we've never really used one before, except for maybe in like a MAME or something. I've used that, them in computers. I don't, yeah. I'm, I've never used one in an arcade game. So, um, <laughs> Rad for 118, did you sell my performance service plan? Um, little old school BBY talk. I worked in home theater in the early 2000s. So, I worked in... Uh, PC home office in the early 2000s. And yes, yeah. I did sell performance service plans. And here's the deal, though, about the performance service plan is that my dad had bought one on the computer we had, and we actually put claims in on it and ended up getting um, everything replaced under it. And so for me, it actually worked out. Extended warranties, though, as a whole, typically work in the favor of the company. Sure. Not always. Okay. Sometimes you will. I mean, my dad, um, he also bought a warranty on a console Sony TV back in the 80s. <laughs> and that thing always broke down. Wow. Like it was literally breaking down all the time, and we had we had a technician after technician come out. They can never get that thing working. We ended up getting a new TV out of the deal out of the deal with the oh, warranty. Wow. So uh, my dad was one of those guys. Though if he buys the warranty, he's going to use it. He's going to figure <laughs> out something that's broken with this thing. So we're gonna you know we're gonna we're just gonna keep calling you out. He made sure and knew where the warranty was kept. Right. And so they used to they told my dad on that old Sony, and this is a great thing to talk about here. <laughs> Obviously, we know a lot more about CRT repair now that I'm 40 than when I did <laughs> when I was six. And so. Um, they kept telling my dad every time they came to um, to fix it, they kept telling me it was the picture tube. Okay. Okay? Like, they the would tube. come out, and they would fix it, and it would work for a while, and then it would stop. And they're like, oh, it's a bad picture tube. Mm-hmm. What do you think? You think that was a bad picture I tube? I doubt it. Yeah. I doubt your tube was there. So yeah. Right. You see, I'm wondering. So, like, <laughs> my entire sure life, right. this has bugged me now, because I'm like, was that really a bad picture tube? If right. It, if it, I mean, he, the guys would come out and fix it. I don't even know what they were replacing. They would come out and fix it, and you'd hit the power button, and it'd come on. And then one day, you'd hit the power button, and it just wouldn't come on anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, it would, and it would or it'd come on, like, every fourth time. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Does that sound like a bad picture tube? Yeah, I don't know. Not to me. Not to me. Okay, like now. I didn't know when I was six, obviously, that this was a a thing. But, um, but like, any, I mean, Paul is more knowledgeable about this than even we are. Does that sound like a bad picture tube to you? Sounds like a power supply issue to me. Like, they kept replacing maybe the same capacitor over and over. And then they were like, oh, it keeps blowing the capacitor. Don't look at the rest of the transistors or anything. Don't forget, you know, I mean, you know, it's like they, they could have replaced the entire power supply Section or board, probably. Yeah. That would have been Maybe the thing to do. Maybe it's bad... The ones that we're getting were all bad, too. Right, exactly. So, um, you know, it's just... Uh-huh. You know, it, I don't think it was a bad picture, too. I think that's just what they told my dad. Uh-huh. You know, it's kind of like the, the car mechanic. See that thing right there? It's just an, it's right. impinging on that thing right there kind of thing. Yeah, you know, the it's like, just tell you whatever. Right, bad, exactly. Yeah. So, um, but I don't think it was a bad picture, too, personally. So, but uh, that was something they always told my dad, which is interesting. So, um, let's see. Joe uh, says, grounds. Add until you're out, then buy more. Yeah, grounding your game is super important, guys. Mm-hmm. Super important to have your game grounded. So, make sure that you do that. Um, let's see. Uh, Radford says, oh, he worked there prior to Geek Squad. So, I worked there during the transition between um, when we had the text and, like, we were going to Geek Squad. Mm-hmm. So, um, I worked there for three years. It was like it was a good job. I liked working for Best Buy. Mm-hmm. Like um, the pay kind of sucked, but I mean, when you're in college, right. you don't care. You know, you're just working there to make some extra money, so it was fine. But I would have met Tim if it wasn't for Best Buy. There so, you go. 
Uh, Joe, I have a neighbor that's selling an Astro Combat by a company called Ty, Thomas on Maddox Automatics Inc. I'm thinking of purchasing it, but I'm not too familiar with um, ATI. Have you heard of Astro Combat by ATI? I've or seen. Ty? I've definitely oh, yeah. seen the game before, and it played it like at a, a show or something. But I'm not familiar with like working on it or anything. But man, if you can get it cheap enough, why not? That Absolutely. sounds like it'd be pretty fun. Yeah. So it's pretty rare. Yeah, exactly. If it's, if it's not working and they're going to cut you a good deal on it, I mean, you can't, you know, you got to get those deals. Right. Because, I mean, deals aren't happening anymore, guys, hardly mm. ever. I know people are putting out YouTube videos and they're finding deals. They've got more time and more, they've got more driving capacity than we do, Tim. Because that's really what it comes down to now. I feel like you have to drive 10 hours to get any kind of deal nowadays. Uh, here in Texas, man, the deals are drying up quick. But, you know, over in the uh, the eastern side of the, the states, I see a lot more deals and things. So, I mean, Maybe. there's still some there. Um, Paul says they were a lot. Uh, TVs were a lot more complicated back there than Tim. If you open up a new TV and an old TV, there's a lot less parts in the new TV. So that could be the case. Um, you would think, but does picture tube sound right? That's my thing. Yeah. Does that sound right? I mean, I, here's the symptom. Sometimes you hit the power button and it comes on every time. It made you wonder why they just replaced the tube then, if that's right. what it was, right? So sometimes you would turn on the power button and it'd come on every time, and then one day it, you would hit it and it just wouldn't come on. You'd have to hit it like four or five times and then it would come on. Okay. okay, and then we call the guy back out, and it would work for a while, where you'd hit it every time he'd come on, and then you start, start doing the same thing again, where you'd hit it, and it would only come on like every fourth time you hit the button. So definitely no remote. You were the remote, right? Right. No, it had a remote with <laughs> oh, it, it. Yeah, it did. Um, it was a big honking thing. <laughs> this is a Sony now. Okay. You know, I mean, um, but um, yeah, I mean, it had a big honking thing, but the thing is that you try the remote, and you're like, well, the batteries must be dead. So you'd go up and hit it, right? Uh -huh. You know what I'm saying? and. And Our first one looked like a garage door opener almost. You know, it's like a big clicker. It's like, come yeah. on, turn the TV on. Here's some more proof that deals happen, Tim. Derek says, I managed to get a Donkey Kong Jr. for $200. Canadian. Needs full restoration, but worth it. I would say worth it, too. Yeah, I would, too. So, <laughs> Paul says, picture tube was fine. That's what I thought. <laughs> so, we, knew, we knew. Exactly. But Sony technician lied to me. He probably didn't even know what he was doing. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's warranty work, so they're just sending out whoever. Sure. It is what it is. Anyway. Okay, Tim, let us move on here. Um, oh, he's only asking $100 for that Astro Combat, Tim. Not, oh, you better jump on that. Absolutely. Okay, um, well, let us move here. I think this is the last question we have before we get to the quick questions and answers, okay. Tim. And this is from Bob. Bob says, hello, can you folks post a place where you can get that high-voltage pro discharge device? I looked on Arcade Shop but couldn't find it. Enjoy your show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Bob. So, Tim, we have um, Bob here. He's looking for a pro discharge device. Now, obviously, in our video, I don't know if we use a pro yeah. discharge device, <laughs> but we, we do the... use a discharge device. Yes. We use the, uh, is that Tim branded discharge device? Yeah, I think there's a, some Tim genuity in it. Oh, okay, gotcha. Okay, okay so. Um, East Texas brand. Yeah, exactly. So, um, as far as a discharge device goes here for Bob, what is he looking at? Is What does he need to get in order to do some discharge? Well, like, you want a B&K Precision one that you're going to have to get on Amazon or eBay or somewhere. Right. But um, Bob Roberts sells what we do. You can buy the kit. Maybe even a little safer than what my homemade kit, but at the same time, always gets the job done for us. But we do have a professional 
uh, discharge in tube, especially for the black and white monitors and stuff. Depends on what you're working on. Exactly. So if you've seen the video, uh, Tim, we use we have um, we have a, a lamp wire typically, or like an extension cord wire. Mm -hmm. We have alligator clips on both sides. We attach, we just solder those, and then we wrap them usually with electrical tape. And then we get a long um, screwdriver that has a nice rubber grip on the end. Clip mm -hmm. that alligator clip on, and we get under there. Um, Bob Roberts sells what he calls the safe back discharger, which is um, he actually drills a hole in the screwdriver and then puts the wire through yes. the hole and solders it, which is probably stronger than what you get with the, alligator you know, with the alligator clips. And so he sells a kit that will allow you to do this yourself and do all that, or he sells it assembled as well. Um, but Tim, the thing to have, if you really are going to be discharging monitors is what? It's the high voltage probe. The high voltage probe. That is correct. So if you're really going to be working on monitors like our friend Paul or anybody else, then the high voltage probe is where it's at. So Tim, let's go ahead and show all this for people so they can see it. So for most monitors, a long rubber gripped flathead screwdriver with an alligator clipped wire attached will discharge just fine. Bob Roberts also offers what he calls a safe back discharger that has a grounding wire attached to the screwdriver via a drilled hole and some solder. Now you can get the kit for $10 or you can get it fully assembled for $12. Uh, Tim, I'll just get the fully assembled one. It's worth the two bucks. I think so. But it's up to you. You can always just do the alligator clips like we do too. That'll work. Now, if you have a lot of monitors to discharge, or you need to discharge a black and white tube, okay? Correct. Then your best bet is the high voltage probe, the HV probe. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's rated at least 20 kilovolts, people. Need at least 20, okay? Because that's what it's going to kick out whenever you, you stick that thing up, up underneath the anode cup, mm -hmm. okay? So um, most of them are rated at least 40. Okay. So that's not so bad. So this BK Precision PR28A is a 40 kilovolt high voltage probe and so you can get that from ebay um the guy the seller that i found there has four of them in stock they're about 70 bucks something like that um but that is the proper device for discharging a monitor okay okay the proper one right right so um or you can just use the alligator clip charger like we do or you can use the safe back chargers that barb roberts sells you've got choices okay if you're gonna do black and whites you need the high voltage probe period Okay. Or if you're going to be discharging anything, these things all the time, then you, you need the pro. Sure. Okay. For sure. Um, uh, Tim, um, we have both, uh, so seldom use the, the probe. Yeah. Pat, um, who worked on a lot of vectors monitors specifically, he had the high voltage probe. Yes. Remember that? And so, um, it is a great tool to have. So a delusional says I have an HV probe and I never use it. I use my electrician screwdriver and a high quality, large alligator clip and a ground wire. So there you go. Yep. Paul says, I have one of those. You can hook it up to your multimeter and take the high voltage readings. That is correct. That's what this is designed to do. That's why it's got the little um, the little red and the black little uh, inserts there. Yes. That is to specifically put on the so multimeter. So you'll know if it's, got a, if it's holding a charge before you go and grab a hold of it. That's right. So um, uh, Delusional says he never uses it. He sticks with the alligator clips. We use the alligator clips, Tim. I mean, we don't have a high voltage probe. No. Alligator clips work just fine, um, but it is handy and it does give you um, more confidence as to whether or not that tube is actually discharged. It really does. Yeah. So, um, so and Paul, I mean Paul works on monitors. He's got one. So if you want to spend the money, that is the correct tool to get. Okay. Or if you just want to be cheap like the rest of us, you can get the you get the safe back discharger from Bob if you don't want to make your own, or you can roll your own with some alligator clips, some lamp wire, and a and an insulated screwdriver. So there you go. So Bob, hopefully answered your question, and good luck uh, with whichever method you decide to go with on your discharging tool. So, okay, Tim. So we got the um, we got the golden, we got the Pac Man, we All haven't right. got the Punch Out or Here the comes. Paddle. Okay. We're getting to those. So um, let's get to those right now and some quick question and answers, Tim. So I've got three questions here that we're going to rapid fire attempt. Okay. Uh, these are pretty quick. 
Um, they shouldn't be, they're not too in-depth, which is why they're in this section. And so um, what we're going to do is I'm just going to read all three of them. Tim's going to give us back the answers one at a time, and then we'll kind of go over them uh, from there. So Tim, let us get to these questions. The first one is, Anthony, I need to know what fuse to replace in my Nintendo stand-up punch-out game for the monitor. So that's all where right. the punch-out comes. John says, I have a cocktail cabinet. My monitor is not working, just the sound. Any game that is playing that is playing and not visible to see, okay. thanks. And then we have Steve. Would you be able to guide me with replacing a button on my Arkanoid machine? It is a conversion. I think it was previously a Galaxian arcade game. So, Tim, when I think of Arkanoid, I think Paddle. Yeah. Just like Pong. So that's where the Paddle part comes from if you guys are at home or trying to figure out how I came up with the title for this episode. Okay. So we have Punch-Out. We have a Punch-Out fuse. We have a cocktail playing blind. And we got an Arkanoid that needs a button replaced, Tim. So let's take these one at a time. Um, what is the fuse that Anthony needs for his for his Punch-Out game, Tim? Now, that's a two-monitor setup, yeah. usually Sanyo's, right? Yes. Okay, so what is the fuse? It's, the, it's a little tiny fuse. Those little uh, 300 milliamp... 0.3 amp, 250 fast blow. Okay. So it's very, very tiny. Uh, they're not the normal standard size fuses, the five millimeter, whatever they're called, the little ones. Now we should mention that if your monitor did blow a fuse, there may be another problem with it, but at least that will, if you've got a blown fuse, this will replace it, right? Tim? Right. So, and that is at location F301. Okay, yeah, on those okay. monitors. So there you go. Now, we got playing blind here on this cocktail cabinet, Tim. What's going on with John's cocktail cabinet? What can he do to get it going? Well, we shot a video on playing blind. It could be a multitude of things, so watch our video because it could be uh, the transformer. It could be uh, fuses. It could be the um, the flyback itself. It could be the hot. The, if you'll watch that video, they'll walk them through several things that it could be. Okay, and we've got Steve here who's wanting to replace a push button on his Arkanoid game, Tim. What does he need to do to do that? Well, it's pretty simple, and we do have a video on that on installing a push button and wiring a push button. So the main thing is is to get the old one out of there, and if you watch our video, we show most everybody in the chat room here knows how to replace a button, so we're not going to go into a lot of details, but you can contact us if you need additional help. It's pretty simple. It shouldn't take long. couple tools that you're going to need watch the video okay sounds good now paul says that the sano uses two fuses what is the other fuse um i didn't know i wasn't sure if it was if the other fuse was the same or not i don't think it is i think so, i thought they were both this they're, they're both the small i thought they were both those tiny fuses paul correct me if i'm wrong i thought they were both the same size okay same so, size but, yeah let us know there and we'll we'll put that up i know the one at f301 when people say fuse that's the one i think of um there may there i never dig deeper i now that he's saying that, I do remember a second fuse, but I'm not sure exactly responding. where it is. Um, it's a uh, 300 milliamp or 3 or 4 amp for the other, is what he says. Okay, so, thank um, you. Yeah, so there you go. So 3 or 4 amp on the other one. So there you go. Um, so Tim, let me go ahead and put this up here so he can, uh, so we can see all these that you answered. So Anthony, if you have a Sanyo Easy Monitor in your game, there is a fuse located at F301 that should be a 300 milliamp, um, 0.3 amp. 350 volt fast blow fuse. These can be purchased from Arcade Parts and Repair as well as other Arcade Parts suppliers. So those, uh, Tim, we put a link down below. So if Anthony wants to go to that link, and it sounds like that other one is um, is the same, is pretty much the same. Mm -hmm. So he should be able to, the 300 milliamp. So there you go. You should be able to use, I think that's a five pack. 
So if you get those, you should be able to use both of them interchangeably. Uh, John, it does sound like a classic case of playing blind with your cocktail. Check out our post and video on troubleshooting games that are playing blind. Send pictures if you need further help. Again, Tim, our, our email address at questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Um, Steve, sure, check out our post on installing a push button and wiring a push button for some information on the process. Contact us if you need additional help. Um, you will need to open the control panel. That's probably the trickiest part. Yeah. And if it's a Galaxian cabinet, there, there should be latches on the left and right side when you go up through the coin door. So um, so you go up through the coin door, there's a latch on either side. That will give you access to the... And a dedicated button wrench helps so much. It does. Agreed. So if you want to get that off there, that does help quite a bit. So, um, But yeah, so there you go. I think that pretty much covers all those questions. Tim, did you have anything else to add on any of these questions here? No. Okay. Sounds good. So we will leave it at that. Hopefully, Anthony, John, and Steve, those answered your questions. If not, or if you have updates, please send them to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and we will help you out further. Pictures are always good, too, guys. If you send in pictures, we'd love to see those as well. Um, oh, So um, he said, just checked. It's a 4-amp large fuse for the other one. It's a 4-amp okay. larger fuse for the other one. So you okay. may need to get a different fuse for that for the other fuse on that Sanyo, according to Paul. So Thank you, um, Paul. just take a picture and let us know which one you're trying to replace, and we can get you what the what the correct uh, what the correct uh, settings are for that fuse. Depending. Excellent. Uh, Tim, big news. Russell just donated $10. Thank you, Russell. That's Thank awesome. You, Russell. Thank you so much. That's, re that's really great. We always love it when you guys make donations. Um, it just... Shows, it shows us that you guys support us, and we always enjoy that. So remember, if you would like to support us, you can go down to the bottom and hit the little dollar sign down there, little dollar sign icon, uh, to give us a super chat and say thanks for uh, for the episode. We just um, And right now we're trying to raise money for something I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. Okay. So um, every little bit helps, um, but um, we, do, we do appreciate it. Russell, thank you so much for that. Really awesome. You know, thank you so much. So uh, let's see. There we go. Okay. So, Tim, I think we're done with all the questions. Yep. So let's go ahead and get to some of the discussion. Um, now, Tim, uh, we had some news issues kind of crop up. We really only had three until like a couple days ago and then something kind of dropped. Yeah. Right, exactly. So we'll talk about that here in a second. That's normal. <laughs> exactly. It does seem like that. It seems like <laughs> right. news the comes before, in like last minute have. a lot of times. So, um, you know, that's, that's something that we always have to be mindful of. And so we do try to update the outline if we get some last minute news. So... Okay, Tim, but the first issue that we have here is that Tron 3 might actually be happening this time. Yay. Okay. So Deadline reports that Disney has a new director on the project now called Tron Ares, and uh, it's uh, Joaquim Reining, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, Tim, who made mm -hmm. Maleficent, Mistress of Evil, and Pirates of the Car uh, Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. He's got... He's still got Jared Leto attached, and filming could start this August in Vancouver. The current script is by Jesse Wiguto, and uh, will a Tron, will a third Tron movie actually happen, Tim? I think so. It's looking Look promising. It. So there you go. So hopefully, uh, hopefully that will be the case, Tim. I actually enjoyed um, the second Tron movie there. I liked um, them both. Yeah, I I thought it was fine, and I actually really liked it. So hope I do hope to see another one. Not everybody does, but I do. So, um, but Tron Three is really great, and and it's just really great to hear that they are making progress on it for sure. Tim, you gonna go see a Tron Three? Are we doing a midnight showing on this? Yeah, let's do it. I don't know about a midnight showing. We'll probably go see it though. Okay, <laughs> there you go. I don't know if I'm gonna stay up that late. Yeah, with Tron Three. I understand. So um, we went to go see Tron Legacy, though. I think was it midnight showing for that? I think I did. So Tron Legacy was good. I have a poster in the game room bathroom for Tron Legacy. Too, That's right. Seeing in there, and now it, it's hard to think that that happened in 2010. Crazy, a long time ago. So, 
Okay, um, Tim, last month we reported that um, Mortal, Kombat's, uh, Mortal Kombat 2 source code had been dropped. Leaked. Okay, right. like it had been leaked and people were starting to dissect it and things. Well, now Mortal Kombat's lawyers have shut down the leak of the source code, okay? So the source code for 1993's Mortal Kombat 2 was published to GitHub over the holidays, purportedly revealing new artwork and an alternative storyline. Now Warner Brothers Discovery, the corporate parent of NetherRealm Studios, has gotten involved, filing a DMCA takedown demand demanding that GitHub, or demand that GitHub has honored. It has been uploaded by user it had been uploaded by user historical source who also posted the source code for other old video games before. So Tim, this is really, um, really sad because I feel like the, you know, here's the thing about, I understand like they're probably still re-releasing Mortal Kombat 2 in some forms, but it's like, you're not making money on the source code anymore, really. You no, know, what what's it, the harm in having it care? out there? Right. I don't, you know, it's like, I don't understand. It's not like there was anything, it's not like there was anything I mean, there was some hidden stuff in there, but it wasn't a ton of stuff. And actually, it drummed up a lot of a, a, a lot of interest in the game. So you would think that the smart thing would have been just to leave it out there and just let it go. But no, they wanted to make sure they claimed it for their own, and yeah. so they had taken it down. Um, Tim, I I like this right to repair thing. I think that once a company stops making stops making money off of a product, they should be required by law to release all the documentation on that product. Right. Okay, so like, you know, like Apple is no longer making iPhone 6s. Right. Okay, like we're, I know we're on 14s, 15s, 14s, um, but like why not release all the stuff for the iPhone 6? You know what I'm saying? Like nobody's using that anymore, you know, and open it up. And it's like I don't understand. It's like that's what I want to see. It's like once a product goes defunct, let the company should just release all the documentation on it so people can continue to support it if they want to. Right. Okay. Now, if you're still making money off of a product, that's different. And I understand, like, Mortal Kombat, you're kind of still making money off of it. Not Mortal Kombat 2, right. but Mortal Kombat, you know, obviously is a thing. So, um, you know. It's Tim, a little greedy. Yeah, I think so. I, I think I would have liked to see him just leave it out there. Um, Tim, we had the NBA Jam source code that dropped not long ago and had some cool stuff in it. It's like, there's nothing really in this. And really, I think, if anything, it gives more... Um, it, it kind of notoriety. It, it kind of gets people excited again about the game again. Right. Like they'll go back, uh, they'll see something in the source code, like with NBA Jam and how um, you know some of the things that they found in NBA Jam. People go back and play the game because of that. Well, that generates sales for the game, right? So, oh, Alan says he's still using an iPhone six plus. So, <laughs> there you go. No longer supported, right? You're not getting updates anymore on the iPhone six, right? So, I mean, that's my thing. Is like. They're not supporting it anymore. I mean, they've already released their final updates for that thing. Why not just release all the stuff for it? You know? Exactly. So, I'm not saying it's a bad thing you're still using it. I'm just saying that Apple's not supporting it anymore. So, I mean, I'd like to see more companies do that. It's like once a product goes defunct, let's just release everything we have on it. And that way, that way people want to do stuff with it they can. For I, sure. We're trying. And here's the thing. I don't want electronics ending up in landfills. You know, let's repurpose that stuff if we can. That's my point. I agree. You know? So, anyway. So, kind of disappointing about the source code for Mortal Kombat 2. It is what it is, though. They own it. They have the right. There's nothing... I mean, it's definitely within their realm of possibility to do that. And legally, they can do that. So, they did. Now, Tim, um, Arcade 1UP did release a game this month. We thought it might be Mortal Kombat 4, but uh -huh. it was not. It was a re-release of Star Wars that they had already released. It was the 40th anniversary special edition. Now, Tim, there's a couple of differences in this one uh, versus the one that they released before. Um... Arcade 1UP is re-releasing their Atari Star Wars cabinet. The new version features side art that connects to the riser to simulate the original arcade side art. Do you see that, Tim? Mm-hmm. So it also has a molded lit faux coin door just like the original. 
Nice. They're going for that original look and a light up marquee, which the other okay. one did not. Price is six hundred dollars and is set to be available on February fifteenth. The new cabinet can be pre-ordered at shophippo.com. So if you guys want to get in on that. So um but yeah, you can I mean you can get this one and Tim, you know, well, there's a lot of people, Yeah, I was about to say a lot of people are still looking for a Star Wars arcade cabinet, right? Right. I mean, because they are not going for cheap. No. That is for <laughs> sure. So if you want a Star Wars arcade cabinet, um this is the cheapest way to get one. It is an arcade one up product, so you know, obviously it's not up to commercial quality. But still, I mean if you just want to be able to play the game at home, not a bad deal. They've added some stuff that makes it a little bit better in my opinion, so maybe worth it. There you go. Um, let's see. Um, Delusional says NBA Jam has a Michael Jordan hack distributed recently everywhere. They aren't pulling it yet. Yeah, I've seen mm-hmm. that too. And so, yeah, a lot of these hacks, that is a problem with some of the stuff. Um, but we'll see. Time will tell. I mean, the thing is, is that once it's on the internet, it's out there forever. MK2 source code's still out there, right? right. It's like once it drops, there's no such thing as deleting it. You know, somebody <laughs> has a copy somewhere. So. Somebody. Alan says no updates on his... Um, on his iPhone 6 Plus, still at iOS 12.5, email, Facebook, YouTube, Safari still work. That's good. So, but who knows for how long they're going to support that, right? Right. So, um, it is what it is. Uh, let's see. Russell says, I was just going to say that I saw uh, that on Jaws uh, Arcade a little bit. I think, oh, okay. Tournament Edition only, he said. He's the, uh, the uh, Michael Jordan hack. Oh, okay. Apparently, there was a set of ROMs that had Michael Jordan. An official mm. set of ROMs that were only available to, like, certain people. Huh? So... I mean, so it may not have been like a hack as much as it was a dump of the official ROMs. So there you gotcha. go. Okay, Tim. Now, this last one was the thing that really caught fire like over mm-hmm. the last couple of days. Now, people wonder why we keep posting stories about Billy Mitchell. And Tim, I would say the reason we do is because every time we do, we get a ton of traction <laughs> and right. views. Okay, so right. as long as you guys keep watching, keep viewing and watching it, we're going to keep putting them up there. Oh, yeah. uh, it is what it is. So, um, Tim, this was the big news that came out of this, though. Billy Mitchell photos emerge showing non-original Donkey Kong hardware apparently used for disputed score. Okay, and this is from Nintendo Mm. Life. Now, our friend Mark sent us this video, but Nintendo Life kind of broke down the video, which is why I like this post. Um, Because I don't like just posting to a YouTube video because it's like I'm not telling you what the important parts are. Right. Nintendo Life went through the video. They broke down the important parts. Here's what they are. New evidence has been uncovered that suggests Billy Mitchell did indeed cheat to attain his record-breaking Donkey Kong scores as revealed by Carl Jobst on YouTube. Previously unseen photographic evidence shows what appears to be a non-original, potentially eight-way joystick as opposed to a four-way joystick of the original cabinet. This difference makes it Supposedly easier to perform certain moves and would give anyone using it an unfair advantage over someone using original hardware. Now, Tim, that that last part is from the article, but may not necessarily be right. But let's talk about why this is important. Now, you can see the picture here, Tim. Mm -hmm. Does appear to be a non-traditional joystick. For sure. Okay, I have a Donkey Kong over here with a traditional joystick, and it does not look like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, we know this. So, um, Rexer Show says, that looks like the same eight-way joystick on my Superman arcade. (laughs) There you go. So um, let's talk about why this is important. Well, one, because Billy claims that he performed all of his high scores on original hardware. Well, right there, that control panel is not original. True. Okay. It may be a four-way joystick. Okay. We don't know. Right. We don't know without looking at it. And so if it's a four-way joystick, that's, I mean, it's technically fine, but it's not an original style joystick for sure. Mm -hmm. Right. So it may have given him a competitive advantage. Now, um, people were saying in the post for this, well, an eight-way joystick does not register... The diagonal does not register on a four-way game on an eight-way joystick. To me, it would be harder to play with. Right, and that's what most people said. But our friend Scott, Patrick Mm -hmm. Scott Patterson, Tim, who used to be a Twin Galaxies referee and manager, Uh okay, said that in Donkey Kong, the direction that you hit does play a role in the way the barrels drop. So it, it... 
there's a theory, a theory, and he cannot prove this, but there is a theory that somebody put forth saying that if you used an A-way joystick, you may be able to control the barrels differently or better. Ah. Okay. Don't know if this is true or not. Have no idea. Even even Scott could not confirm this for sure. Okay. But there is a theory that if you used an eight-way joystick, you may be able to get better control of the barrels. Okay. That's a possibility. Don't know if that's true or not. But we do know from the Donkey Kong source code, Tim, that the directions do play a role in the way that the barrels roll. I've looked at the algorithm myself. I know right. they do. Okay. So the way you hit the joystick in the directions does play a role in how the in how some barrels drop. And so it is possible. Although I have not used an eight-way joystick on Donkey Kong, <laughs> that that may play a small role in maybe improving your score. Do not know that for sure. When okay? small all things, conjecture. When small things matter, yeah, it's kind of like an NFL. Every inch matters. Sometimes right. when small things matter, it, it could make a difference. But we're we're not that good anyway, so it wouldn't matter. Right. right. So I'd love to hook an eight-way joystick up to a Donkey Kong to see how it acted, and maybe I should do that, Tim. Maybe mm -hmm. we should do that. Maybe we should do a video. Yeah, we'll do that just to see. I mean, because some games, yes, when you hit the when you hit both of them at the same time, it does not register. Some games will continue to register whatever the first switch was hit. Have you ever right. seen that? Yeah. So like like let's say let's say it's a four-way game and you hit up and then you hit to the right, it'll continue to register the up and it won't register the right until you release it. Oh, and that's okay. how it does. So it doesn't it doesn't when you hit both of them, it doesn't really kill it. It just whichever one was hit first is kind of takes priority. Gotcha. Okay, so and that may be the case with Donkey Kong. Don't know for sure. So um Verger shows us huge huge advantage to use an eight-way. It's not theory. You can climb up and steer barrels at the same time. Donkey Kong Forum will confirm. Okay, right. Rexer Show. Homework. <laughs> yeah. I want to see a video. <laughs> right. right. The video challenge. That's How right. We want to see the video. Um, I, so a little bit of homework here. We do want to know if that is the case. Mm -hmm. If you if you can do it, I want to see it. Right. Because mm -hmm. um, this has been theory as far as we know. But if we have video proof, that would be pretty awesome. If you could sit on the ladder and then direct the barrels any way you wanted to go, that would make a huge difference in your in the way you'd be able to play the game. I think so. Right. And so if that is actual, if that is, if that's more than a theory, we need... We have a theory. We need proof. We need we need an example. We need the proof. So, um, Rexer Show, this sounds like a great video. Um, <laughs> and if you end up doing it, we'll send everybody your way. Yes. Okay, because that is something that, that seems like a very important thing to document. So, um, so uh, let's see what we have here. Um, Paul says, I tried playing with an 8-way on Donkey Kong. I could not do it. Nick says, it's easy. is it easier to play on an 8-way? It seems impossible. Joe says, um, the short Nintendo stick allows me to perform much better. I thought that too. I was like, I don't know if I'd want the tall stick. I think right. the short one gives me more control, personally. I mean, I'm not a pro Donkey Kong player. Razor Show's really good. Greg, you're really good. But so, your thumb is not this big. That's true. I mean, that is true. So, um, let's see. Um, and so Nick says, still not original. And that is the key. He said he did it on original hardware. That is not original hardware. Yeah, wrong there. Exactly. So, um, let's see. Oh, he says the eight-way has uh, other detriments as well with DK, like getting stuck at the top of a ladder. That is correct. All right. Um, the only way I played DK with an eight-way was on a, a multi-cade. Yeah, or a multi Like a yeah. 60 in one That's the yeah. only way I played it. But the 60 in one may register different than a traditional machine, right? Because it's emulation. Like that. Yeah. Right? So it is what it is. Um, let's see. Joe says, if Billy does it, you can bet it's to his advantage. Right. That's probably about right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um... Delusional, who cares if Billy cheated? I don't. But I find this whole thing technically fascinating. Yeah. Right? I find the technicality fascinating. If the if Regzer is right and our friend Scott is right and you can control the barrels with an eight-way better than you can with a four, I want to see it. 
Because right. I think that's cool. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I, it's like one of those things I just want to see the proof. I don't care about Billy Mitchell, but if you can do that, that's pretty darn cool. Right. I'm thinking instead of 72,000, I might get up to about 75 now. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> My high score, um, um, regular show can get on up there. My high score, I think I've talked about, is like 100,000. Right. I mean, I mean, I may have broken like 150 one time. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you're talking about people who are getting millions, like 1.1 million. Oh, right. Golly. So that's ridiculous. Um, let's see. I will say Billy Mitchell is responsible for inspiring the real high scores, and that's they're out there now, and that is super cool in my book. That is true, delusional. That a lot of people got into the high scores now because of the King of Kong, and right. I still like that movie, even if I mean, even if Billy Mitchell cheated and all this stuff, still very entertaining. And if Billy Mitchell turns out to be the guy that's actually in the movie, that's even cooler to me in a way, right? right? He always denied that he was really that way, and that they kind of made him out to be a bad guy. Yeah. It's kind of looking like. They didn't make him out to be the bad guy, if you know what I'm saying, right, Tim? Maybe. Maybe. Don't know. Don't know. I'll mm-hmm. give you the benefit of the doubt, but it's not looking good on your part. So, um, but yes, Razor Show. Let's see it. I want to see the video. If you can, if you can put together a video, should I do a challenge? It, you can use this at the front of your video right uh-huh. here. We're gonna do it right here. <laughs> Razor Show. I challenge you to show us a video where the eight-way joystick is beneficial to use on Donkey Kong versus the four-way and how you can control the barrels. If we could see that, that would be fantastic. Okay, there you go. I gave him a little <laughs> drop there. You can put that at the front of your video, and then uh, we'll just send all the people your way. Right. So there it is. I want to see it. Um, if you can do it. Because Scott, again, our friend Scott did not know for sure. He, and again, he was an official ref, um, an official manager for, for um, Twin Galaxies for a long time. And mm-hmm. so he had heard of this, that this was a thing that could be done. So if he had heard of it, I would assume that it can be done. Because be. Scott's a smart guy. And he wouldn't mention it if it was just some off-the-wall kind of thing. And I if think... anybody in our group would know that could score that high and know that it is an advantage, would be Rex or so, too. So. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, so absolutely. Luck, um, yeah. So And he says, I'll try it. He says, <laughs> okay. okay, well, let's see it. Okay, Good challenge. Go. So, um, oh, Robert says, shout out to Delusion Arcade. Love your videos on, on Centipede Overlay. Guys, you, if you, you guys need to be checking out these videos from these other guys who are in here. We are so honored to have guys like Delusional and Regzer Show in here because you guys put out good videos too. We want to support the entire arcade YouTube community. So you guys go to some of these other guys' YouTube channels and check out their stuff too. If you're subscribed here and you like arcade-related content, you should be going over there too. Yeah, it's People fine. Are- go, go ahead and post a link to your video channel, guys, in the chat room if you want. Some of the new guys in here may not know it, and that'll be fine. They can click on it and yeah, check you out. Absolutely. Subscribe. Be- People like uh, who was it earlier? Was it um, who said that I wish you would do the live show two times a month? Well, right. we don't put out content but once a month, but that That's doesn't mean there's other channels out there not right. putting out content. So make sure you, there's other, a lot of other content out there that you can go check out. That's really great. You don't have we're not the only ones providing providing arcade repair content on YouTube for sure. So make sure you check out some of the other ones too. They're well worth your time, especially especially Delusional's Arcade Regzer Show. Those guys are worth your time. Make sure you check out their videos. Okay, Tim, I think that we are done. Oh, housekeeping. Okay. I mentioned this. So um, we have been selling the DVDs for a long time, Tim. Yeah. For a very long time. And so we have been using PayPal to do that for a long time. We recently changed our payment processor to Square. Okay. I think I talked that. So if you go to our website, arcaderepairtips.com slash store, and you buy our DVDs, now you will be redirected to Square instead of PayPal. Okay. And the reason why is because PayPal fees are high, 
and Square's given us a better deal. Good. And we've used Square, too, for a long time. We Tim. We've used Square when we go to shows to sell DVDs. Square was our payment processor for those. And so we do like Square quite a bit. And so make sure that you're, uh, if you want to buy our DVDs, that's at arcaderepairtips.com slash store. And now click on the link, and it'll take you to the Square side to buy whatever DVD you want. Those are available there. And, Tim, big news. Business. A lot of people have sent us emails saying, um, hey, um, like, it's great that you still sell DVDs, but, like, I don't have a DVD player in my house, and <laughs> right. I still like to get that content. Um, we will be opening a digital store soon. Yay. Okay, hopefully. I'm working on it. I've been working on it. So here's the housekeeping, Tim, just to start up here. Payment processor change. Our online store where we sell our DVDs has now changed payment processors from PayPal to Square. And then our digital store is coming soon. We are currently looking into ways that we can offer our DVD content in a digital format. We believe we have found a platform that will allow us to do this. Watch for more announcements coming soon. And this is what we're trying to raise money for, Tim. Because okay. obviously it takes a little bit of money to get that started. And so um, we are trying to get that kind of set up. And so you will be able to buy all that content that's on our DVDs on a digital platform where you can watch them. And Tim, my hope is that we'll be able to price it to where you can buy all of the Volume 1 DVD content for one price. And okay. it will be cheaper than the DVD. Because I don't could, have to ship it. Or you it. could just buy a single. Right. I don't know if we're going to do single videos. Okay. Except, here's the thing too. We may release our Volume 5 on the digital platform ah. without the DVD. So, okay, that may be the thing. So, And you may be able to buy single videos of that. I don't okay. know. We're working out the details. We're working on it. We're working on it. We're working <laughs> on it. So that's what I would say. So there you go. Uh, Robert says, Square, Square is great. I use it for my business. We've used it for years. We just didn't use it for our online purchases. We used it for in-person purchases because they had the card reader and everything. We had right. really good luck with it. But now, since PayPal fees are ridiculous, we are changing everything to Square. So we are very happy with Square, um, and it is good stuff. So uh, let's see. Uh, oh, um, Hazel Arcade says, like us on Facebook. Facebook. You guys do that. Razor Show said, I just did a video because I just killed screen uh, Duncan Jr. and they made me show my joystick immediately after to qualify, Tim. Nice. So there you go. Uh, Robert says, uh, Delusional rebuilt the trackball and did a really good alternative overlay on the, um, I think he was talking about there was a, on that centipede. centipede. Yeah, okay. which is really nice. You had a nice alternative overlay on yours at one point. I did. That's really cool. I like that. I do one. like mine. Um, Razor Show says, uh, DK Jr., you can steer the snapper's like barrels, same concept, he said. And DK mm. Jr., I didn't realize that. So, um, let's see. Yeah, uh, fantastic to hear that you guys are offering a digital content platform. We're not there yet. We're getting there. Um, delusional. So, I'm hoping that we can. And it's just going to be for the content that you normally get on DVD. So, um, basically, we're selling our DVDs in a pack. Like, you'll, be, you'll get to buy a Volume 1 package of digital content, a Volume 2 package of digital content. Okay. And it will be cheaper than what the current DVDs are because I don't have to ship anything. Right. So, um, but we're trying to raise money to kind of get that all set up. So um, we do appreciate you guys when you when you donate, obviously, when you buy our DVDs, when you do stuff like that. That goes to support that for sure. Okay, Tim, I think we are are done. So let's go ahead and wrap it up here with a nice reminder that we do want your arcade related videos. If you want some free advertising for your YouTube channel, we're looking for people to submit short videos, ten minutes or less, about arcade related topics. Send a link of your video to questions at arcaderepairtips.com, and our staff will review it. If we like it, we'll use it during one of our live show episodes. Make sure you put in a plug for your channel so people will know where to find you. We look forward to seeing your submissions. Again, Tim, uh, we did this because there are a lot of channels that were getting um, very close to monetization, but that we're not quite there. And so we were trying to help out those arcade-related channels get just over that hump for monetization. And so if that's you, if you're like, if you're not being monetized at the moment, but you'd like to be and you need to get more people over to your arcade-related channel, let us know. Send us a video that we can show, and maybe we'll show it during one of our live show episodes to everyone. 
Now, Tim, before I go to the, the comment section here, um, I will remind everybody of our contest. So here we go. If you want to win this nice cassette player, okay, and this nice Mike and the Mechanics cassette with Silent Running and All I Need is a Miracle, you need to send an email to contest at arcaderepairtips.com and make sure you put in the keyword Valentine's. Valentine's with an S on the end. Make sure you do that and you'll be entered to win this nice set. This is a teal like we talked about, cassette player that has a built-in speaker, so you don't even need the, the earphones, but the earphones are included as well. has a microphone, so you can record if you could use some blank cassettes, and it also has an AM, FM radio, so you can check out your favorite baseball game, football game, whatever, without having to actually watch it. So, I need I, to get one of those for the plane. There you go. And just chill, look like an, I want the orange headphone sets with it, too. You know? Yeah, you have to make a mix Like a Walkman, yeah. You know, with all your favorites. So, And you'll get this nice mic in the mechanics, because I can't give you a cassette player and yeah, I give you a cassette. going through security with it, they're going to be like, <laughs> Exactly. That? So there you go, guys. So if you want to win this, contest at arcaderepairtips.com. We will open that, Tim, for 24 hours. Okay? All right. So this time tomorrow, you have to, to enter. If you send in after that, you will be you will not qualify. So Go we in. like to get as many views as we can in that first 24 hours. It's very important. So, again, contest at ArcadeRepairTips.com. And uh, keyword Valentine's, and you'll be entered to win this nice prize package. So we would love to send it to you if you're the winner. So um, big shout-out to Radford119, Tim. He sent in $9.99, which right. is awesome. So thank, thank you. you so much. I feel I feel like we're in retail now. Right. $9.99. That's what I'm talking about. No tax on that. You see, right. it's perfect. So thank you so much for that, Redford. We greatly appreciate that. It's very meaningful to us. We love it when you guys give donations. It means a lot. So, um, Robert, hey, guys. I asked a question above. Um, you might have missed it about the discharge device tool. Oh, we may have missed it there. Uh, let's see. Uh, I'm going to have to go back up here. Robert, Robert, Robert. Let's see. I'm going to scroll. Tim, can you talk while I'm scrolling? Need to fill time. <laughs> yeah, we just want to thank everybody oh. for watching. We're almost at the end. So. Yeah, here we go. Go ahead. Um, on your last show, you mentioned a device used to discharge monitors at Arcade Shop. You said it was best to use. Couldn't find it on Arcade Shop. Could you comment on link uh, on link for purchase? So I put the all of the discharge tools that we recommended earlier in the links down below. So the SafeBack Discharger from um, Bob Roberts, as well as the High Voltage Probe. Now, Arcade Shop may not sell the um, High Voltage Probe anymore. I, I think they did at one time. So now you'll have to get that from eBay or another parts retailer. So there is an eBay link down below, Robert, that you can go to that will have that High Voltage Probe if you want that. But like Delusional said, he uses a screwdriver in the alligator clips, even though he has that. We do too. We don't have one, but we use that. So it's really, Most of the time. it really depends on how much you're going to be discharging monitors. If you're going to be dis discharging them a lot, if you plan on opening a business and working on them, high voltage probe is where it's at. Otherwise, you can get the safe back from Bob Roberts or just do some alligator clips, lamp wire, and an insulated screwdriver and be good to go. So, okay, we get it? Cool. Uh, Radford119, thanks for everything you guys do for the community. Well, thank you for being here because here's the thing, guys. There's no show without y'all. Okay, if it wasn't for y'all, we'd just be talking by ourselves in an empty room. And that'd be really boring. So um, it's because of you guys. You guys are what makes the show so great. Um, without an audience, there is no there is no show. Right. Right. Isn't that, isn't that the thing? I don't know if that's coined, but if it is, <laughs> and it is now. So, but uh, yeah, without the audience, there is no show. So thank you guys for being here. Thank you guys for supporting us and for everything you guys do. That means just the world to us. Um, and I mean, the fact that we've been doing this here, Tim, I mean, Arcade Repair Tips opened in 2008 and now it's 2023. Um, we've been going for a while. Yeah. So, um, and it's nice to hear all of the, all of the, the good comments and everything. We appreciate you guys. So let's see. Uh, okay. There we go. Okay. Let's go ahead and put the contact information out there, Tim, real quick. Our general, oh, 
Wrong button. Our yeah, general yeah. email is questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Put live show on the subject if you want to get a mention on the show. But again, our general email is questions at arcaderepairtips.com. Questions at arcaderepairtips.com. That goes to me and Tim. So uh, one of us will try to reply to your question or we'll save it for the live show. Um, we will try to answer those as we get them. And then we have our YouTube page, which if you're watching this live or you're watching this at all, you know about. But maybe you're listening to this on the question and answer podcast feed and you want to know where that is. Well, you can go to youtube.arcaderepairtips.com and view the video for this episode. And the comments from the last live show will be covered on the next episode. So you guys who are not watching this live, you're not left out. Just leave a comment on the video, right, Tim? All right. There you go. If you do that, you're right in the discussion with all the rest of us. So, again, youtube.arcaderepairtips.com to check out all of our YouTube videos, including the video for this episode 72 right there. And Tim, we have our podcast feed where we have our live shows, interviews, question and answer podcast, etc. You guys can go... Find that on iTunes at iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com. If you have an Apple device or maybe you want to check it out on Spotify, you can go to Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com. Or we have it on our Stitcher page at Stitcher.ArcadeRepairTips.com or wherever fine audio podcasts are aggregated. If you do a search for Arcade Repair, you'll probably find us. We'll be there. So, And we would appreciate you guys going to iTunes and leaving us a nice five-star review if you like the show or sending us an email if you don't. <laughs> and letting us know what we're doing wrong. Uh, we always take constructive criticism, right, Tim? Yes. There you go. But check out the audio podcast, guys. Um, again, we post all the live shows there, as well as some interviews and other things from time to time. iTunes.ArcadeRepairTips.com will get you there, as well as Spotify.ArcadeRepairTips.com and wherever, whatever your podcast app of choice is. So I use Pocket Cast. So um, if you do a search for Arcade Repair on Pocket Cast, you will find it, I promise. So there you go. And then we have our social media pages. And, Tim, we always want to thank Mark for all the contributions that he's made. He is the one that let us know about the Billy Mitchell um, stuff that was going on. And uh, so um, we do thank him for that. If you want to see his contributions, as well as mine and Tim's, you can go to facebook.arcaderepairtips.com for our Facebook page. And you can also go to twitter.arcaderepairtips.com for our Twitter feed. And we do welcome questions on both those platforms. So if you want to ask questions there, you can. Um, Email is probably the best, though. Questions at ArcadeRepairTips.com is definitely the best, but we will take questions via Facebook and Twitter as well. Again, Facebook.ArcadeRepairTips.com or Twitter.ArcadeRepairTips.com, depending on your platform. And all this stuff gets cross-posted to both those pages, so if you're just on Twitter or you're just on Facebook, you're really not missing out on anything. All the content is the same. And again, thank you, Mark. So, okay, Tim. Well, that about wraps it up for Episode 72. We do have the after show coming up here. I was going to check the live show... um, the live chat real quick um let's see always want to point out that you can catch the audio only podcast as well if you're on the road that is correct so you can do that so um yeah you can uh, just do the uh, audio only podcast a lot of people like to do that so if you're in here's the thing when i'm at work i can't watch something but i can listen to something right and so you know if you're in your car you don't want to be watching a video but you can listen to the audio and so i understand why people like the audio version it is very handy so that's why we do release an audio version as well So, Tim, we will be releasing that tomorrow. But for tonight, we are wrapping up the regular part of the show with an after show to come up. What are we going to be talking about in that after show, Tim? Well, I imagine we're going to talk about some sports. Uh, There's a lot going on right now. um, There's a big Superb Owl event going on or something like that. And I believe there's two teams in that. It's something like Eagles and Chiefs against each other. Yeah. Which, you know, if I was looking at it, I would think the Eagles would win. I mean, they're just going to rip the face off the Chiefs if it's, you know, if you're just thinking claws and everything. Or kind of like somebody said, uh, if you don't know, we, you grew up very close to where Patrick Mahomes is from. I did. I went to the same high school. And uh, same high school as Patrick Mahomes. 
I know I've uh, met his parents. Uh, we're very close to Dallas. So that pretty much means that the Cowboys are playing in the Super Bowl. <laughs> That's about as close as we'll ever get. Uh, yeah. No, we're, um, we're, we're definitely got some... Definitely uh, pulling for the Chiefs. Yeah. So, so we'll talk about that, though. Um, we'll talk about um, the college football championship. Tim, did you watch TCU versus Georgia? Last time we had a live show, the game had not happened. I watched it for a few minutes. The game has happened now. And there is some news about the Georgia quarterback we'll go over. Did you hear about right. that? Yes. In Dallas. So I did. there we go. Um, XFL starts up February 18th. So we'll be talking about that. Um, I do want... I did just recently upgrade my wireless at the house, and we'll talk about kind of what I went through through that. I will talk about how bad I am at small talk, Tim, which is something that's very important. <laughs> okay. So I will tell you how bad I am. And we always talk know. about shows and movies, although I didn't get mine to yours in time, but I'd watch one of the craziest movies I've ever seen in my life. Oh, don't say the title. And I don't know if to recommend it or not, but... It's definitely not your usual movie. There you go. And we will be talking Last of Us, which is obviously a video game adaptation on HBO Max. And you have seen all three episodes at this point? Yes. Okay, so we are both all caught three. up. And so we will be talking about that as well. We'll be talking about some of the other shows we've been watching. And what too. video game was spotted in that movie? Yep. Played a... oh, you, already, you, you said it earlier. Right. So did you see it? We'll uh, see. I well, definitely saw it. So <laughs> there you go. Okay, Tim. Well, I think we'll wrap it up. Um, should I remind everybody one more time about the contest? Contest at ArcadeRepairChips.com to win this cool uh, cassette tape and Mike and the Mechanics cassette tape and cassette tape player. Make sure you put in the keyword Valentine's in that email to be entered. Okay. All right. We See done. you guys soon. So if this is your off-ramp, so for you guys who are just watching the live show for the first time, what we do here if you're watching live is we will take a five-minute break and we will come back for the after show. If you're listening to this on the audio podcast, you will not get the after show that's only on the video feed, so you will need to go to the video for episode 72 in order to get the after show and then fast forward all the way to, you know, about the end of the regular mm-hmm. live show to get to the after show. So we will be discussing any topic there. We do take arcade rip arcade related topics there too but if you're watching this live just hang on about five or ten minutes and we'll be right back with the after show otherwise if this is your off-ramp we want to thank you for joining us tonight we want to thank the entire live chat who is here bravo to you guys you made it interesting Mm -hmm. as always and we got some donations tonight which is awesome so thank you guys for those um we really appreciate all of the support you guys have shown us through either donations or just from being here that's a big thing and tim we say this every time but it's so true the show is not the same without you and so with you here, when you contribute, you change the show, right? Right. You are the show. There is a question I'd like to pose just real quick, Tim. Okay. Some There's this, um, there's this, I think there's this thing going on, I don't know if it's on Twitter or something, that people are asking, would you rather, there's a red and a blue door. The blue door, um, the red door has a $10 million behind it. Okay. The blue door, if you take that, you'd be able to go back in time and fix all of your mistakes. Which one would mm. you choose? We'll talk about it in the after show. Okay, you guys have a great month. We will see you back here in March if this is your off-ramp. We hope that you have a wonderful Valentine's Day, and uh, it, or at least a, a semi-sane one, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. And we hope to see you right back here the first Thursday night of March at 5.30 p.m. Central Time. Again, Tim, we want to thank everybody for being here. Anything else you have? Nope. Okay, then. See you on my birthday. Oh, that's right. Is it, is, is it literally going to be your birthday for March the next 2nd. episode? It's actually your it's birthday? It's always February and March are always the same day. So if today is the 2nd, it'll be March the 2nd. Wow, look at that. So join us again on Tim's birthday at 5.30 mm-hmm. p.m. Central Time, where we'll have guests for him, as well as some other things. We look forward to seeing you then. Or stay tuned for the after show. We'll cover some topics. But again, we want to thank you for being here. And remember here at Arcade Repair Tips, when we fix the game, we play the game. Goodbye, everybody. everybody. We'll see you in the after show, or we'll see you next month on Tim's birthday at 5.30 p.m. Central Time.
Thank you for watching this episode of the Arcade Repair Tips live show. All of our past episodes are available on our website at ArcadeRepairTips.com or on our YouTube page. This show is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. Please consult a professional before attempting to repair any coin-operated machines yourself. The preceding program is a Varcade Entertainment production.